we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Waramai and Wanarua peoples. We acknowledge the Waramai and Wanarua elders, both past and present. Who is on the field for the Newcastle Knights? Darren Tracy's first touch of the footy. Now Andrew Johns. Sights a little hole himself. He's close. Right. He reaches out. That's a tie to Andrew Johns. Root strength from the little halfback. And that's a good reward for a great game in his debut match for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew Johns scores the try. And that should wrap it up for the night. Is the season, everybody, and um, we just it's been too long since we've spoken about the Knights, so no intro, no special this or that, no hey, what's been happening, but um, we certainly are going to talk a lot about what's been happening. Um, this is the Bay 53 podcast Christmas special, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's Bretto the K Dog, and uh. Well, I guess you're one of the um, you're obviously one of the original members of the um, of the fabled Bay Fifty Three chat, uh, Harvey. But um, yeah, thanks for joining us uh, in in this jolly season of merriment, um, boys. <laughs> we've said it before, and we'll continue to say it again. It's never a dull moment being a Newcastle Knights fan, whether it's in the game, whether it's out of the game, in season, off season. And um, yeah, here we are moving into 2023, and it's still very much the case. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it has um, silly season has well and truly kicked off, and uh, Peter Parr has brought us some presents that I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty happy about. Harvey, I'm I'm really because one of the reasons we did want to get you on, and we'll get to it sort of shortly, is we have been sort of chatting amongst ourselves in our um in our chat group and um you know some of the movements and some of the thoughts that we could do with the team that that's probably going to be the main thing we talk about tonight but um boys bretto i mean last season feels it genuinely to me feels like a lifetime ago what have you been up to mate what's been happening how, how has rugby league been uh, impacting your life since uh, the newcastle night season men's season mercifully finished uh, since we won the nrlw grand final since penrith went back to back uh what's been happening in bretto land not a lot mate i haven't paid any rugby league attention at all like i did not watch one second of the world cup because i've no interest in international football at all personally i think it's um like a uh, real nrl level stuff but um, <laughs> you really are because you're really down on the international game. Oh, you, you, you've got you know no hope issue, for it. You know what my issue with the international game is? It can't make up its mind. So do you want to expand the game or do you just want players that aren't good enough to play for Australia, New Zealand and England to play for other teams and get flogged by 50? I don't I don't see I, I'm not going to argue with it. I just don't see the point of it. So I have no interest in it. Um, the women's is different. The women's, I, I watched a little bit of the women's, but the same thing, you know, it's not really competitive other than the top couple of teams, but at least they're trying to expand the game. You know, those smaller countries are trying to um, expand their player base. But no, other than that, I've had no real um, interest in rugby league other than the comings and goings at um, at Lampton, near Lampton. 
Rugby, yeah. To me, rugby league and, and the Socceroos, I always feel like they have the same conversation every four years, or in rugby league's case, sometimes five when there's a World Cup around. Like, they get really excited in the tournament and they see nothing but endless possibilities. And you feel like you have a four-year cycle of then doing nothing for three to four years and then having that conversation again when the World Cup's back on. It's like, oh, that that's right. We we were excited about this. Is is this going to be the turning point for the game? And and you sort of feel like you're in that cycle where everybody just likes to talk about being excited about, about it but not really ever doing I'll, I'll anything tell you, I'll it. tell you one thing that really bugs me about it all is the fact that people that all lambast lower levels of the game, they'll say, you know, like New South Wales Cup, such an ordinary standard, blah, blah, blah. And yet New South Wales Cup players and lower level players will play for Greece and all of a sudden they're the greatest player ever. Yeah. You know, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, maybe, you know, 12 years down the track, there is a bit of progress made in the international game and uh, <laughs> it, it is worth watching. But I I know, I, I just can't, I can't sit through watching... Not 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 even Australia. Like I guess the next tier down of nations, like Papua New Guinea, win sixty. And Australia don't think their best team. Like Australia yeah. don't think anywhere near their best team. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't matter. It sort of says a lot about the, the the international game from my perspective is that what technically, no matter what you think, should be the second best nation in the world, England. Like they can't even make the final. Like that's what, when was the last time they made a, a sort of a rugby league world cup final? Can I, can I go on a little tangent there, mate? So I've got a, I've got a friend who's from the north of England, yeah. and we were talking about this probably probably I think it was maybe last year when the world cup had got cancelled. He was telling me, you know, like his family were disappointed that had you know they'd organised the game and whatnot. We we're talking about it, and he said, and and I said to him, you know, like the game was dead there. You know, why is it dying? And he said, because you've got to understand that when the Rugby league in England is the North of England game. The South don't care. So you know, once you get past the Midlands, that they don't give a crap. So he said, when England, when England was strong and Great Britain was strong, was because the North of England was the powerhouse of the world economically. You know, like the 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 coal the coal fields and and the industry of North the North of England in the forties, fifties, and sixties, there was so much money there that the best athletes played rugby and played rugby league because rugby couldn't afford them. And even some like soccer slash football players would come to rugby league because that's where the good money was. He said, that's died where now it's a wasteland economically. So it'll never, never be able to sort of have the financial pull anymore. So he said, the idea that England will reboot is just fantasy land. Yeah, right. It's, it's a shame because you sort of look at the energy and the, the power and the, uh, the sort of the attention that you, you can pull from certainly the, the participation of the Pacific Island nations. And, and we talk about it all the time in terms of, you know, there's great potential for growth in um, the Pacific Islands. But you've actually touched on something interesting that, you know, rugby league was strong when there was pull in an area that there was money and, and no disrespect to the Pacific region, but there's no money there. Like which, you, is why find... never, which is why NRL teams will never go there. There's no money there. Yeah. Mm. The idea that NRL team will end up in one of those countries is fanciful. There's just no money and no financial incentive. And we both know, we all know that rugby league runs on financial incentive. Yeah. No, no eighteenth team. In, no eighteenth team in Papua New Guinea, boys. No, no, no money. Like there's just no money in it. It would have to be funded by the rest of the league, and we know rugby league's far too yeah. selfish to <laughs> to fund it. Hey, just um, just quickly before we go on to the Knights, though, but uh, we'll, we'll sort of stick with that uh, World Cup theme. Have you guys watched any of the Qatar World Cup? Have you did you did you get on board with the Socceroos? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you, have you had any thoughts? 
Um, I, I, I sort of half rode the Socceroos train. I, I'm not a big fan of Australian football. You know, even back in the glory days, it never sort of thing. I'm because I'm a, my main interest in football is through Liverpool. So I sort of thing. Other than I actually hate England, but um, <laughs> I've, I've actually got I've actually got a financial incentive for France to win. So I've sort of watched every minute they've played. But other than that, I sort of yeah, only just a passing interest. Harvey. No, nah, it's basketball season, and um, <laughs> I've got a, a, a follow a team that um, I'm <laughs> I'm death writing because I want them to tank for the draft. So tank you know, for the what, unicorn how, of unicorns. How, how can I miss? Uh, how can I miss that <laughs> to to watch some soccer? Well, I'll tell you what, they're doing a good job of it, mate. Last yeah. I saw, they've got the they've got the worst record in the league at the Do moment. Do they now? They? I, I always wonder whether Pop had the ability to tank properly. Yeah, well, he's, he's tanking in a very pop way. He's just sort of like any time any player has like even a little niggle, it's like, nah, you're not playing. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's like right. half the lineup is being fielded each game, which in yeah. its own way is quite quite entertaining. Uh, Harvey, it, it, it'll be quite funny, but if you tank and then don't win the lottery, very Knicks-like. I've experienced that a few times. <laughs> well, I mean, that just... Every single time the Spurs have tanked, they've gotten the number one pick. So yeah, that's, that's actually actually right. You got Robinson and Duncan. Yep. So the big the big man number one pick. That's your sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, and he's French as well. I mean, it, it's written in the stars. Boys, from um, from teams tanking with purpose to teams tanking with for no good, good reason <laughs> whatsoever. Um, are the Newcastle did the Newcastle Knights bottom out this year with the with, for the fruits or the purpose that they're going to make the eight last uh, next year is it was this year is this year going to be a, a season for the men that um gives us re uh, hope or is this going to be a season that's an indication of worse to come I'll, I'll put it into two categories i think in terms of everything that could go wrong did go wrong so in that sense we bottomed out you can't have an off-season, like uh, sorry, a season with as many off-field issues and whatnot, and on-field issues too. We had this year, so I think that's a bottom out. I think that's as bad as it could get. But I don't think we bottomed out in terms of we didn't play kids just to develop them, and we sort of, you know, we didn't go down that route. So I don't know whether you could say that, you know, we bottomed out with a purpose, but we certainly bottomed out off the field. Yeah. Um... I've heard you guys describe it as the the year we had to have, like the reality check year, and I think mm. that's a way to describe it. I think it that, that that's the hope, isn't it? It, it sort of it, it ripped the scab off and showed the club exactly how far behind the handball we are. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, there's the infrastructural issues with like you know we're struggling to get young players through the system, but I think um, there's. <laughs> There's a whole, uh, there's a few particular categories we were falling short on on the field, just not necessarily like with uh, with juniors and stuff like that. That's that's a long term fix, but just uh, the team we were fielding. There are a few clear issues, and I think uh, there have been some very good te- steps taken to address them address them to the point where I'm I feel good that we can get at least back to sort of respectability if not if not necessarily contention but i think um okay uh, harvey half mate what what just give me the first the prime the, the the number one reason that you think or of what's happened though this off season that gives you hope about respectability 
Because that's where, that's where we're, let's be honest, that's where we're at as Knights fans. Like, 12 months ago, we were talking top four, maybe a push for a prelim. 12 months later, we just want we just want the comp to respect us. <laughs> so what what's happened this offseason that you're like, yes, that is what's happened, and it gives me hope that we're on the course to, to be respected again? Yeah, so this is totally just looking at the team on paper um, compared to what we put on field this year. You know, you can't, you can't sort of necessarily predict how it's going to all sort of come together, um, you know, the performance of the coaching team and stuff like that. But um, looking at how we performed last year, there were a lot of indicators where we weren't actually that bad. Like we were solidly mid-table and like uh, meters gained. Um, I think we were one of the, like quite a good team for like kick return meters. Um, So, you know, we were pretty good at making yards early in the set. Um, but and yeah, I think general play passes are okay. Um, and we actually had a decent number of tackles within the opposing 20. Like, we profiled as a team, which should be okay. Uh, but we were right near the bottom for like, well, tries, <laughs> line breaks, li- uh, line engagements, um, uh, attacking kicks, force dropouts. So, I mean, the the, the short summary of all that is uh there's a we were a decent squad which had crap halves to put it bluntly i mean yeah they really they really weren't good in the end were they like <laughs> like cards on the table like like brett and i you and i sort of we really tried to pump the tires of um clune you know looney clunes we wanted to get on board we wanted to support the t- our halves were garbage yeah, like, I mean, like that's the up and down of it the entire, the entire spine you know, yeah. and that's uh, the halves were trash. Obviously, KP played very little, so you've got Tex who did a fine job, but you know he's not he's not an NRL fullback for mine. You've got the Chad tried his guts out, but he hasn't got the skill of a top tier nine. Our, our spine was as bad as a spine could be. Yeah, and it's a uh, a structural thing as well because you know when uh when you're in a situation where your your nine and your halves can't get Kalen effective ball then he's coming in and doing extra work and actually sort of playing as a half most of the time. But then he's playing in that way without like a threatening, elusive runner outside him. Yeah, he's easy to pick off. Yeah, he's so he's too easy to pick off. Because danger outside him. Yeah, so... Um, it's and, the old NFL thing where if you've got a good, a great wide receiver, you put two guys on him on one side and don't care about what ends the other because they can't beat you. Yeah, that's, that's what they do KP. They, they just double-team him. Yeah, and, and for all our criticisms of Pierce, and I mean, I've been pretty loud on that, um, he's a guy who got his hand on the ball, you know, 70-plus times per game. Um, he was very sort of decisive. He, I mean, he steered the team around well, and not not at an elite level, but um, the skill set he brought was something that we, we clearly missed. And I think outside of him, we had a lot of players, you know, had good, good numbers like good running meters um good tackle breaks etc but um yeah without not necessarily good you know good decision making good ability to construct a set um clifford especially i i I don't want to talk about him too much um why is that why is that mate sorry and that's a genuine question because I, i like Obviously, what happened with Clifford, you know, none of us are really happy. Why in particular are you like, can we not talk about him too much? <laughs> I was very, very high on him when we signed yeah. him. 
Um, yeah. I think we were the same. Yeah, it's just one of those. He's got every he had, has every physical tool in the book to be like a, a really good dominant halfback. Do you think he'll ever? Do you think he'll ever be what we think he can be? Well, I think he's at the the best place he can go to 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 get where he wants to be. I think. Um, but you just, think he could do a Jack A where he comes back? It's possible. I don't think it's yeah. I don't think that's outside the realms of possibility at all because he's he's you know he's athletic. He's got the big boot. Um, he's just he's not. What happened, what happened to the guy? We remember the preseason how excited we were. He's running the ball. He yeah. did in the preseason scored a couple of tries. He scored. He, he did it in the early season. And then he just stopped even in reserve grade. He never ran the ball. I sort of, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know that. Just the, the number one part of his game in terms of attack just seemed to vanish. Yeah, one of the I forget which early season game it was. I think round three or four, five. I don't know. One of them maybe it was against the Dragons. He had a bit of a shocker, and it just it seems like he struggles to deal with. Seven. I mean, I don't want to sort of speculate about someone sort of mentally, but I mean, he did. He really looked like a confidence player, and once his confidence was gone, it was always the um, knock on him in Townsville was that he had to be on top of his game, otherwise the confidence would go through the floor, and he was yeah, you'd barely he notice shot. he was there, yeah. And, and um, Sterlo, Sterlo always used to say the worst compliment you can give a player is that they're a confidence player. He used to say in a lot of ways that that's actually one of the biggest insults you can give someone because you're essentially yeah. saying to someone, "Well, you're only and an ever any good." You're Daniel Spear. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and then um, Clune, I thought Clune played about as well as we could have expected him to, especially since he was sort of hampered by injury throughout the year. But I think he's he's a really good backup half. I think one of the best going. And so if Clune played if if Clune played half a dozen games next year, you'd be you'd be happy with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I think he can come in and do a job and. Gamble also. Like, I think our, our depth in the halves is really good now. Um, and then, yeah, the, the starting halves will have. Um, well, can we, can we like talk we'll a bit? Can we, talk, can we talk more a bit about the, that, that chain of recruitments? Because, yeah. um, I, like, Gamble really was the one that kicked it off, wasn't it? Like, that was really the first, unless I'm, like, this year, this year has just bl- blended into one. But Tyson Gamble signing for 2023 was really the start of i don't know whatever intent it is that the knights men's team are trying to show for 2023 and and i gotta be honest with all the signings i still don't really see what that intent is but yeah tyson gamble was really the first sort of um, marker in the sand where they said right this is the starting point and um for all intents and purposes the general reaction to big tyso is is fairly positive thus far um having him in newcastle yeah, he's. I mean, he's limited talent-wise, but he's. I think he's a more, um, like composed and I guess intelligent <laughs> footballer. To me, he's the sort of guy that if you were going well and, and one of your halves got injured, you would not worry about the team going backwards for three or four weeks if he came in. Absolutely, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he'll he'll come in. Um, he'll make his tackles. He'll kick to the corners. Um, he looks. He did his job outside Reynolds as the running five eighth, and he did his job with with Mam as well, sort of more steering the team around. Like obviously not as good at, as either of those two at what they're best at, but he could fill in all right for both. Which so. I never I never really understood the uproar and the sort of the memes and that of the Knights when we signed him because 
he was never the, the, the option. He's, his role was always as a signing was he's the guy that can plug the gaps for us. Yeah. So I, I never, <laughs> I never, I, ever, ever for a second thought that he was going to be a starting half. I, I thought he was. I didn't. I didn't see the the Hastings things coming. Thing coming. So I was <laughs> a bit I, worried I just, about that. I, I was always convinced KP was going to play six. Yeah. And we would just find a halfback, whether it was Brooks or whatever. I just. I was always just. Adam O'Brien in that last that um, interview at the end of the season with Barry Tui just kept ringing my ears. He just kept not denying that KP was going to play six. <laughs> so I was just always adamant that KP was going to be the six. <laughs> yeah. Well, he kept saying what like. Oh, not necessarily. You know, we've tried it out in training, and then meanwhile, Joey's running his mouth every five minutes. <laughs> see, see, that's the problem they've got. They're trying to touch shit these days. Well, they've employed Joey Johns. Like, sorry, Joey's lads, the that, that he can say and do as he pleases. Absolutely. Um, before we get to the, because my memory may be um, misfiring here, but before we get to what I think is really the next major sort of um, uh, movement in terms of players. Uh, Brian McDermott is if I got that right, coming in as assistant coach um, from from England. I yeah, well, this happened when you were gallivanting overseas. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, a, a, the Newcastle Knights at the moment seem to have a raging love affair with all things English, and I didn't. I, I still don't really understand that appointment. What do, what does Brian McDermott bring to the Newcastle Knights that we desperately need? In terms of him joining as assistant coach, you know what he you know what he does bring. He brings a more experienced version of Adam O'Brien. Now, he, he used to be he was very successful in his early days of coaching England. That's fallen off, and he's sort of you know become a bit of a meme. But he's actually very Adam O'Brien like in he's very analytical in his thinking, and he's very emotional. But he's a lot more experienced, and I actually think that he'll be a good. Compliment to Adzi because I think they'll they'll both deliver the same message. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think yeah. he'll also be a, a good caretaker coach if Adzi yeah, gets that's, sacked that's midway exactly through the right, year. You know? <laughs> so so where does that? The, the idea behind it was that they don't want. They were worried last year that the message wasn't getting through. There was too many um, cooks, and they and they were confusing the whole thing. Well, I actually think that Adam O'Brien and Brian McDermott think similarly in the game of rugby league. I think that'll be a benefit. And it was always the case that they wanted an experienced guy. They wanted a guy that had coached at high level. They didn't want, you know, an aspiring head coach or, you know, a pure assistant. So where does that, where does that leave? An assistant now, but wasn't a head coach in the past. Where does that leave Rory Jason then in the, in the grand scheme of things? Because he, he took on the head coach reins in our last preseason game earlier this year. Does that put him down the pecking order? Does it move him to the side or does his position not change? I, I just think don't think I, I don't think Rory knows. Like, I don't think Rory's ready to be yeah. any higher than he is in the club. I think that he's just happy doing his thing and learning. So yeah. I don't think it changes that at all. Yeah, I mean, Adzi was what an assistant for eleven years before he got his first yeah. head yeah. coaching job. So I think he's. But Brad Arthur was an assistant for a decade. That, that's yeah. part of the role. Yeah, Rory's Rory's an investment in the future. Yeah. All right. Uh, look, you remember the Rory obviously retired early, so he started coaching young. So you know he's got yeah. plenty of time. Let's um let let's not tiptoe around what was the biggest movement of the um of the off season and I mean three weeks ago, um it was front page news as as everything Newcastle Knights always is we are the biggest club in Australia and I've always said it. <laughs> um, 
I, I mean, how do you start talking about this? You know, are we are we happy to see the back of David Clemmer? Are we happy to have just Jackson Hastings in, in the club? Um, uh, six weeks ago, if you'd asked me that, I would have said we're dumb to let Clemmer go. I can't understand why we bring in Hastings. Six weeks later, as and a lot of information is sort of starting to come out in a lot of ways. And before I do hand it over to you, Brett, I'll, I'll bring you in on this. It genuinely surprised me how accepting of Clemmer's departure the majority of Knights fans seemed to be because I thought, you know, they'd see the passion, they'd see the aggro, they'd see the statistics and they'd go, well, we're angry at the club. But the more you dug deeper under that, you sort of got the sense that there were a lot of fans who were saying, well, what did our statistics ever do for us? You know, how much did his aggression really, really cost us in the end? Is this such a bad move for the club? And now you get the feeling that the fan base is sort of not not even at peace, but you know, moving towards possibly happy to end the David Clemmer era in Newcastle. Yeah, there's there's multiple elements of that, and we're, none of us are happy to see the back of Clem. We all love Clem. How could you not? The man's a legend. Um, there's two there's two aspects to it really. So there's the, the aspect of Clem, the player on the field that we all love and admire, but does he actually make the nights better? I think he makes the Knights more solid. I think he definitely leads the pack, but he doesn't do anything that you can't get for half that price. Yeah. You know, that, and, and Harvey's pointed that out to me many times. You know, our, our middle, in terms of salary cap, was so out of whack. You know, we were essentially paying three guys over $2 million to play in the middle of the field. That's just, you can't run your salary cap like that. It'll kill you. So, so someone had to go, and obviously the guy in the biggest money and the guy with, I think, has got the the highest floor by a mile, but the lowest ceiling by quite a way too, was the guy that went. So that, I completely understand that on the club's part. I think that was that's really smart business. But the other aspect to it is the fact that he doesn't actually make us better. Like, there's no... There's, no, there's, there's nothing in his game that, Worries in opposition. Hmm. Now he's, he has that little offload, but that's not really penetrating because it's a bit of a a soft half dump out the back after he's been held for you know four or five seconds. So it's not like he's offloading quickly. You know, as soon as he makes contact and and opening up holes, um, his defence is solid. He barely misses a tackle, but he also same thing. He doesn't hit particularly hard, so he's not creating turnovers with his defence. Um, his line speed's good, but you wouldn't say he's a line speed leader. So I don't think he actually, in terms of makes us better, and certainly not for $800,000. And at the end of the day, we swapped him for a halfback, and David Clemmer could be the best prop in the game, and we still wouldn't make the finals if we had no halfback. Yeah. Harvey, I want to I ask you a quick question before we get your, um, your take on it. David Clemmer leaving, does it leave a hole that's too big to fill, or does he create space now that allows the rest of our forward pack to grow? Um, we definitely need to replace him. Um, but the way I see it, I mean, I think we can debate um, how good Clemmer is, you know, in terms of um, the degree to which, you know, he's a really good modern day prop um, in terms, you know, of how quickly he gets to the, to the ground, um, the way he pushes, like the degree to which he pushes through the line and stuff like that. Um, but I think you'd, you'd say he's inarguably like a an elite meter eater. That's what you call him. Um, I think he's like fourth in, in the NRL for meters per game among middle forwards. Um, 
the way I see it, like the the difference in value between a prop who can give you like 160 meters and one who can give you 100 is a lot smaller than the difference between a guy who's maybe the you know the eighth best halfback in the NRL, which might be what Hastings is. I don't know. It's it's really hard to say that. Like you know, a middle of middle of the pack halfback and like the bottom, <laughs> if that makes sense. Adam Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, you can. First grade capable halfbacks who can do the job. Uh, there's not 16 of them going around. There, there might be, I don't know, 50 good props in the NRL. So we'll we'll find someone else. They might not be as good as Clemmer, but you know if they're 80 or 90 percent as good, it's a it's a a net gain. All right. So we we lose our best prop. Whatever you think about, like statistically. It, it, he he really was our, our our best prop. Whether that's you know whether time will say that he's still our best in terms of what we we see for the Saifides, you know that that will um that will work itself out. We lose our best prop. We replace him with with a halfback that we need. But we replace sorry, there's no but there. We replace him with Jackson Hastings. I, I'll go first. I, I I'm not convinced. I know a lot of people have said, oh, he was great with the Tigers. I, I've said before, anyone can look great with the Tigers. Um, you know, I, I know people have sort of said, oh, I think he's going to do a job for us that um, no halfbacks have done for us for a while. This is a playing group that has just consistently, from from day one for years now, shown that they don't care about ability. If you're not if you're not mates with a with a fellow player, they'll go off you, and it won't matter how good you are, it won't matter what you bring, they won't let you perform. And to date, Jackson Hastings has shown that he doesn't fit into club cultures in Australian football clubs. He performs in the Super League. And we've already had a chat in terms of that, you know, where the game is at in England and what that might mean. But this is a guy that is on his fourth club in Australia now, where he's had personality issues in the club. And the Knights have shown for years now that they are a club that doesn't handle personalities well. So I, uh, that's my starting position. I'm not convinced on the move. But as with is always with the case with the Knights when I when I say I don't think it's going to work. God, I hope I'm proven wrong. I, I want this. I want this to be played back and go. See, you were you were wrong, uh, but that's my hesitation from the get go. I 100 percent agree with you. If, if anyone wants to go back and draw through my tweets at this time last year when he was going to the Tigers, I was all about that. I was like, well, he's gone to the you know the Roosters, which has got one of the best cultures in the competition. Everyone hated him because he was a prick. Went to Manly with a coach like with with coaches like they've got, and he couldn't make it work there. They all hated him. You know. Can we just, and can we just revisit? Things were so bad at Manly for Jackson Hastings. Trent Barrett felt the need to specifically address it to a press conference. Now, yeah, when did yeah. coaches ever go out of their way to address? I think that was also a bit protecting DCE. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. But he and that's but that's how bad that got. Whatever that situation yeah, was, yeah. Trent Barrett felt that I have to address this at the press conference. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And as I said, if you go back and look at my tweets, I was like, well, he hasn't made it at two clubs, which at that time, you know, winning cultures. You know, that's that's all this manly stuff hadn't happened. They were they were still manly. You know, they finished top four the previous season. You know, they were, and he couldn't make it work at those clubs. And I just kept saying, I don't see how you can go to the Tigers and make it work. And he on the field, he made it work. He, he was he was really good. He made them a lot better. 
but it still didn't work off the field. And you're right, the Knights have huge off-the-field issues in terms of being able to handle strange personalities. Um, I think that's decreased slightly in the not within the KP era in terms of I think the KP being a bit of a being a bit of a weird cat. He sort of changed that a little bit. But we see with the Mitch Barnett stuff that as soon as the players thought the club had done Mitch Barnett wrong, they were all off the club. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, you're right. I I 100 love the move on the field, but yeah, I don't have confidence in it off the field at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't know what's going to happen off the field. I can only look at what I what I've seen on the field, um, and I like what I've seen there. Off the field, um, <laughs> he's very good at working social media. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's what I've heard that. from the Tigers. That's what I've heard from the Tigers that they hated the fact that he was a prick to them in the like in the club itself and then played like he was the world's best person off the field. So all the fans were on his side. So the guys that he was actually treating like crap were getting, were getting, you know, hard done by because the fans were hating them because they weren't Jacko's best mate. <laughs> to, to be fair, having, <clears throat> I went back and watched a few of uh, their losses during the week, just to sort of pinpoint, you know, if, if Hastings is so good, why were they getting slogged all the time? You can see stuff like, like, <laughs> Like three times in one game, I saw um, he's you know standing there, uh, sort of on the try line. There's a pretty quick play the ball. He's pointing and shouting at a couple of his inside defenders, like this guy's gonna go from dummy half, and they just they just stand there and don't move. So, <laughs> <laughs> you better like, get used to that because we see a lot of that in Newcastle. <laughs> we do, we do. But um, someone who's I don't know. I, Someone who's actually alive and communicates on defense. Uh, yeah, from a you perspective would, would be good. What, what, the, the hope I have there in terms of it, I, I, I kind of, I have a hope that he's such a competitor and throw him in, in with Gamble and those sort of guys that it gets to the point where a guy like KP goes, well, I have to be like that. You yeah. know, my, well, my cool nature hasn't made us better. These guys... I've got a new the talent I've got, and they're making careers out of rugby league too. Like, if I if I could have that competitive fire in me, you know, what could I achieve? Yeah, and I mean, Hastings is a, a guy who clearly wants to win really, really badly, and but 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 is that the concern that he was a club? He was at two clubs that do nothing but win, and couldn't make a go of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what things were like behind the scenes at West. Um, a few of his teammates actually did seem pretty upset to see him go. Um, so that maybe he's less of a prick than he was when he was younger these days. I, I think it's just as simple as he had a personality with, clash with, with Sheenzy, who himself is a guy who has a bit of a re- reputation for, you know, if you don't, if you don't get on with Sheenzy, he's not going to work on the relationship. He's going to get rid of you. And he also didn't really fit into what Sheens wants in a halfback. He always wants sort of pacey. Um, yeah, his idea that, of a half is always pacey and elusive. Oh, like can, I just say, can I just say one thing well. about him off the field? And I reckon, Kato, you'll, you'll understand this completely because you're a similar personality to me. He's, I think he's very much like being you in terms of 
he he will he will die for you know for you, but he also rubs people the wrong way. Yeah, and yeah. I and I know I personally do that, and I'm sure you know you do that too. Yeah, just just the way we are as people, yeah. people either they gravitate to you or they go away from you. There's no and in I between. Reckon, There's, and I reckon Pete, he's very much like that. And I reckon yeah, the people Pete, that do like him would love him, but anyone that doesn't get him would just like this guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah, no, it, it's actually really funny you should say that, Brett, because I was actually thinking about that just the other day because I, I was sort of driving along and I was like, you, you meet two type of – you generally meet two types of people in this world. You, you either meet someone who who sees you and they're like, well, I'm going to buy into the, to what it is that you're giving me as a person. Like, uh, uh, you know, you're different and you're out there and your ideas are this and that and, I, and you do these things, but I'm buying into where, the place that that's coming from. Or you, you'll, you'll meet a second type of person who will just see the reaction and go, nah, fuck it, I don't have any time for that. And particularly with my personality type, it's one or the other. There's no in between. And, yeah, it's actually really funny that you should sort of mention that because, yeah, I can very much see Jackson Hastings um, being a a person like that. But but even with my personality type, like, this is his job. When I'm at at work, I have to be a certain person to make my job work. Jackson Hastings isn't just paid to – you know, pass the ball here when you're on the field and we want you to train this hard there. And, all right, when you get the ball, he, his job is to make what he does work in the workplace. So even I can do that. I, th- I think that, I think a bit of his issue is the fact that he grew up in the privilege of being having a famous dad in rugby league. Yeah. So I don't think he developed, you know, that sort of a, a few of those sort of personal skills that others do. And we, you know, as just lay people like us going to work, we have to do to make our way through the workforce and make our careers. Yeah. I think that he sort of had a things handed to him a little bit because he's Gavin Hastings' son. Oh, yeah. I don't – I'm not I, – I think that's actually not true. I don't think he – like, I think he barely saw his dad when he was a kid. No, but that's – trust me, mate. When he was in the – when he was in the 14s, 15s, all you ever heard was Kevin Hastings' son this, Kevin Hastings' son that. It was right. never Jackson Hastings. I don't think – He was Kevin Hastings' son. Uh, the yeah, footy I show think, used to endlessly talk about him. Yeah, he he definitely didn't he didn't benefit from um you know the ability where oh his his dad. Oh no no, like, it was just the fact that it was the spotlight was on him because yeah. as soon as he became, became he would show he was going to be good, everyone was oh this is Kevin Hastings son this kid must be great because you know his dad was great. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I think on Jackson Hastings, I want it to work. And God knows we've wanted halfbacks to work since since Andrew Johns um, retired. Can Joey make it work? Can can Joey can Joey use this guy? I mean, we know that he wanted Brooks. Um, we'll leave that to to one side. <laughs> I won't go too deeply into that. But is Hastings is is he going to be like? Well, I've only got Hastings. This isn't what I want. It won't work. Or will Joe be like? No, no. I, look, I only get what I want. But that's all right. We we've got something here and I can make this work. Can Joey, you know, get the best out of Jackson Hastings for the Newcastle Knights? I've got no confidence in Joey as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brad, are you not supposed to say that when like, we're recording? Like Mitch Moses, like Joey worked with Mitch for so long. How much better is Mitch now? Joey's not there. I mean, the way I look at it, though, Hastings already knows how to play. The You know, you're not going to... The problem with Brooks is that, you know, he's 28 and he's got all these physical tools, but he still just hasn't really developed as a halfback at all. Whereas, you know, you're not going to coach Hastings to be any quicker or like uh, more elusive, but 
Yeah, the, 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 he's the, already the quick between the years. coaching Hastings is the fact that Hastings isn't the physical freak. He, he reads the game and he's smart. You know, he's smart yeah. about the game, so he might be able to put a Joey game plan onto the field, whereas yeah. a guy that's all physical tools, like Mitch Moses, like Luke Brooks, can't do the Joey thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So and they, they also, can't see I mean, the game like Joey can. And uh, one thing about Hastings as well that I have observed, because, you know, I've listened to him talk on podcasts and stuff, he is a big sort of retro footy head like he's uh, a massive footy nerd and joey's you know joey and freddie fitler are like his his idols so if if anyone's going to sort of come in and soak stuff up from joey and actually improve under him it's him was was joey with him at the roosters i think yeah joey coach was a yeah yeah he so he already worked with jacko when he was there and um yeah i think they they get on actually so well that's a start um and i suppose that it's one of those things that joe's got one of those personalities too you know you either love him or you hate him yeah i'm no expert i just love the game but more than that i love the community if you're a fan of rugby league or the nrl you'll love big t's t's Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's tees. I think we sort of thought that that would be the peak in terms of, or at least the the biggest movement in the off season that um, that the Knights would make. Uh, you know, at least in terms of um, you know, big these player swaps. And I mean, are they really are they really player swaps? They're, I like how they try to talk. No, about they're, they're not swaps. They're, yeah, this this yeah, this whole thing about um, they're, they're gentlemen con- agreement swaps, um, conditional releases. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're just we need some salary cap space. So you take our bloke and we'll take your bloke. And we'll yeah, swaps. the the Tigers Tigers wanted Clemmer bad, and yeah. uh, they wouldn't give up Brooks. Well, okay. Let me let me ask you this then. In terms, who was the David Clemmer and who was the Jackson Hastings in the Greg Marju for Chris Randall player swap? <laughs> um. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who got, who got the better end of the deal in that one? Because um, what I will say is that I think that all Titans fans. And people that not sorry, not not Titans, all Queensland people that aren't Titans fans all think that we got the best end of the deal because they all like Marju. Titans fans have kind of sold it to themselves because they because they have to because you know you can't say oh, the club screwed it up. But every Queenslander I know that sort of pays attention to the Titans have all said that we got the better end of that deal. Yeah, it's a it's a desperation move as well because I think it's um they got Barrels is the starting nine now and he's a bit injury prone. Um, they got Aaron Clark who's crap there he's he's a decent yeah he's he's a decent lock but he's not a, a hooker and then i think they've got some backup guys but i think they're all injured and verrells isn't that good at playing 80 minutes so i think it's just they needed it's someone who tana can, boy did they turn him to halfback full-time uh tana i think tana yeah. is a is a halfback i think they so, so, so the hooker wasn't his role he's actually a halfback he's gone back to halfback is that yeah they, yeah i don't think they want to bash him up so i think they because yeah right because they had because obviously they were thinking well sexton was going to be our seven we need to you know yeah, find I the think, nine and they tried to slide him into that maybe yeah i think they were in a situation where if if verrill's got injured which historically is you know there's a pretty good chance oh, it's almost certain um then they 
they just don't have anyone. So yeah, right. Okay. They, they weren't looking. Um, so I think again, Chet could do that role. Yeah, yeah. I think in both, all right, in both player swaps, I don't. This is a little bit of speculation. Um, maybe all right. One of them, I don't think it is speculation. I think um, in in Clemmer's case, he wasn't going to be re-signed. Um, and he did say that. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, at, the, at it, my age, with no, yeah. with, with I, I got certain here. See, I've, I've got multiple years as opposed to speculating going into one yeah. last year. So, yeah. so that is a big, it, that's a big bit deal for him. He talked to us. We gave it to him straight that we wanted to move off his money and get someone else. Um, and in Randall's case, this is speculation as well, but. I have a sneaking suspicion that um, they might have been thinking if they could get that spot back and then promote one of the younger nines already in, in the system into that spot, they would like to do that. So they were not too upset to see him go either. So I think in in both cases, it's us losing someone who wasn't a priority for us to get... Um, I mean, Hastings will definitely start at halfback, so that's that's big for us. And then Marzu um, is a, a punt, a punt on offside, I'd call it. I I have it on. I mean, I um I have it on fairly good authority that uh, Chris Randall saw he saw himself as a top seventeen player, um, and I a, a player who sees themselves as a top seventeen week in week out player is probably going to be pretty filthy that, you know, they, they they play the majority of the season and as soon as their starting position's gone, they're not even in the 17 anymore. So I think he would have seen the Titans as an opportunity for him to to get um, more game time that, you know, he, he, he sees as his right. I find it interesting, though, that the Titans, um, you know, sort of signed him off the back. Oh, well, he brings defensive grit. And I, this is a guy who played in a team with the third worst defensive record in the comp this year. So, he's, he's another one that flatters the deceiving in his defense in that he doesn't miss a lot of tackles, yeah. but they're so ineffective. Yeah. 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 He's, he's uh, Jaden Braley without the stiff shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, um, it's a great move for him because he'll, he'll be in the 17 every week because I think, uh, I think he can play lock a bit as well. So he'll come on for Verrells, come on for Aaron Clark probably a bit as well. So, yeah. Good on him. Hope he goes well. The the last of the signing news, and we think it's the last of the signing news, or at least it's the last of the signing news at, at time of recording. Um, the Knights finally decided to announce um, the the worst kept secret in rugby league: Will Price and Kai Paul's nah, Kai Pierce Paul. Fuck, I knew I was going to fuck that up. <laughs> uh, KPP uh, will both be joining the Knights in 2024. The speculation is still there, though, that they're trying to pry one of them uh, out of the Super League's grip uh, in time for next season. Um, Again, 12 months ago, we sort of saw that this is really exciting news. Again, I don't really know how I feel about it now, just yeah, it, because of where the club is at. Like, what difference? And there aren't there, there are youngsters signed to two-year deals, deals as well. Um, I don't know if there's anything in that. We gave Marju three years. Um, but, yeah, they'll be they'll be joining the club in 2024. He'll be coaching them. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, that's, that, that, um, that's, that's locked in now, it appears. Yeah, um, if you wanted to put your finger on any one thing that um, has sort of taken me from how how negative I was on the team and how down on, on them I was by the end of the season, which has taken me back to full-on 
ridiculous optimism. We're going to win the comp in the next couple of years, boys. We're coming back. Uh, go onto YouTube, type in Kai Pierce Paul, and watch some highlights. I'm I'm so high on on this guy. He's I think he's going to be unreal. I think he's going to be one of the best back rowers in the NRL. Okay, so on a scale of one to Dom Young, what what, what are we what are we sort of talking here in terms of what you anticipate from um, K, KPP? Dom KP Young, two, right yeah, up there. Right. I think he's, I think he should have been starting for England in every every game in the World Cup. I think it's there was really, a, yeah, it was a bit of an incumbency thing with both um, Whitehead and uh, Watkins. Yeah. So do you think he's going to be a better NRL player than White than Whitehead? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think he's going to be amazing. He's, I mean, so what you're saying is the next Sonny Bill Williams. That's what you're saying. Well, that's the <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's, that's the tag he's gotten. The English Sonny Bill. I think he's a little bit different because he he's he's got a sort of similar frame. I don't think he's quite as um like Sonny Bill was just this. You he's know, got the athletic freak Sonny Bill. Is. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's like ninety ninety five percent of the way there. Maybe like he's an amazing athlete, obviously. But Sonny Bill was, you know, maybe the best athlete to ever play rugby league. Um, so he's not quite there, but he he has sort of that like English playing style. So he, it's a little bit like if you took John Bateman with his sort of um, weird running he does sometimes, the offloading, like the, the stuff that just seemed to bamboozle defenses that you got out of him, like that extra bit of input into the attack. And then you put it in a body, which is a little bit like Sonny Bill rather than a, a little white boy. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I actually seen someone say that his floor is Liam Martin. He can very much be an athletic guy on the edge, you know, but that's the floor. Like that's, you know, it won't be any worse than that. His his floor is Liam Martin in a Superman costume. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're you're even higher than that on him. Which is oh, Liam I... Martin's in a place for Australia. You know, he's not. We're not, we're not comparing to you know to a rubbish player. So you, you're higher than Liam Martin. Sort of that's the, as bad as it can get. I think this is this is an amazing signing for us. Like I think he's. I mean, you can never predict predict what's going to happen, but I think he absolutely has the potential to be, you know, as good as like kick out that sort of back rower. I think that's don't do this to us, man. Don't do this to us. <laughs> I mean, he's coming to the Knights, which <laughs> historically is not the best place to develop. But um... so he's so he's going to be great, but it'll be the Roosters. That's what I'm <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is as well, um, he was not. When he first came into the Super League, he wasn't going that well, is my understanding, because um, he came in sort of very raw, a little bit like Dom Young with us when he first came in. Like, obviously, the physical stuff was there, but, you know, he had all these errors in his game and stuff and all these issues. Um, but like Dom has for us, um, he's, like, proven to be a really fast learner. Like, he, he didn't score any tries in his first season with him, despite, you know, being this big athlete, and he's scored and set up a fair few in his second season so uh yeah he seems like a he sounds like he's you know so do you think in 24 it's, it's automatically frizz out kpp in uh I, I think we probably want to resign frizz i think kpp might uh might end up playing next to kalen yeah okay um, but yeah I, I mean i don't know what's going to happen there i think I think AOB and the coaching staff just like Frizz so much. I think uh, the hope will be, 
you know, he takes a bit less money on his next deal. But I think he's a bit of a a fixture at the club now. I don't think he's going anywhere. My kind of thought with Frizz is the fact that the body's starting to fail and does he just go and cash it in Super League while he can? Yeah, that's possible. I mean, um, it would probably wouldn't be a bad move for, for Wigan to to replace KPP with uh, Frizz. But, yeah, no, I'm... I'm excited. Oh, no, they they replace him like tomorrow with Fitzy for sure. <laughs> hey, boys. Boys. Say, hey, Jethro Jack John's in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give him, give him uh, Lockie. Give him, give him Brody. We'll go to the player market. We might get someone. I don't know if if they can if they can make their tackles. That's good enough. Boys, I, I tell I you wanna... what, I've actually put myself in a Brody being good next year. Uh, really? Well, he needs to be. It's a contract not, year, not, right? Not, not good, good, but I just think that I, I, I was so high on him. I, I'm, I'm going to give him this year and just go, well, you know, the whole thing was a fucking shit fight. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely, I haven't completely given up on him. I think that you know, there's, a, there's a probably a forty percent chance he bounces back. You, you're holding on to your ten cent stocks in, um, in Brody Jones. Yeah, you, you're not cashing it. it. It hasn't crashed out yet. Yeah, I bought, I bought them at five. They're worth, they're worth seven. You know, I was hoping they're going to be worth a thousand. We'll see. Boys, I, I want to read. Um, I want to give you this uh, this idea of a of a. I still hate this term, but you know, everyone seems to use it. So I think I'm just going to have to accept it. Um, I'm going to give you this um, spine in reverse. So, uh, number nine, Jaden Braley. Number seven, Jackson Hastings. Number six, Kalen Ponga. Number one, Lachlan Miller. Yeah. Is that happening? Um, I've, I mean, every sort of keyed in person in the NRL media seems to think it is. It's just a matter of the Sharks signing off, isn't it? Like he's a, he's he's coming in the Sharks sign off. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. think it, it sounds like there's been a bit of an agreement to personal terms, and I mean, it's what is he? He's 28 years old. He's probably never get never going to get you know, another sort of multi-year deal and a, and a decent wicket like he might get with us. So, I don't know. It's And I think he's the third string fullback at Cronulla because they got <clears throat> they got that uh, Dykes kid who's, I think, they're, they're very high on. So I'll tell you, you say that. They've got him listed as a halfback on their website. So maybe the uh, maybe the Sharks have uh, have already decided that he, he's gone. Um, I know this sounds counterintuitive to everything we've discussed tonight in terms of the signings that the Knights but I like the idea of Lockie Miller to the Knights. See that that is a move to me that makes sense because you've got solid, you've got um and can I just buddy yeah. there, do you like it because it frees Kalen to play six? Yes. Or do you like yeah. it because you like Lockie Miller? Get get KP needs to get out of the fullback position. He he's well, you and I have said it before, Bredo, is that and I think you you sort of tend to agree with us as well, um, Harv, is that um, KP suffers from the James Tedesco syndrome, which is that he performs at such a high level every week that that's the expectation now. So he doesn't get the accolades. Instead, he gets the barbs when he's 1% off that peak. So he's throwing himself into games more now and getting himself knocked out. Get yep. him out of that full back row. Get him out of the firing line. Just put him on an edge with a big back row next to him, protecting him in the defensive line so that he can carve up like he did against the Eels in that elimination final uh, in 2021. So, can I just uh, say the, the rubbish about Kalen being more susceptible to um, 
head knocks at 5-8 because of the more defence to be the fullback is complete and utter rubbish. Yes. Yeah. Do people watch it, games now? <laughs> and, and I'll give you the two main reasons why. When you're defending at 5-8, they're running straight at you and it's easier to tackle. You, you, your techniques are a lot better. You're not, you're not you know, trying to tackle multiple people. You're not running a million miles an hour trying to chase people down. Defence is just simply easier. You just make more tackles, but it's easier. And also kick returns. He gets injured on kick returns. Yeah. That's when he knocked himself out. He doesn't get knocked out in defence. He gets because he doesn't do it half the time. <laughs> but, he, <laughs> but he gets knocked out on kick returns because yeah, people can head on him. Like I, at five eight, you can't head on him. Yeah, and the idea people have in their head that like fullback is this place where you get protected from collisions that cause concussions. Like, yeah, that's right, tell, tell it to Ryan Pappenhausen. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> like, there's there's no place on a rugby league field where you can avoid it happening, but running the ball back at full speed 20 times a game versus making, you know, 15 to 20 uh, gentle bear hug tackles. <laughs> like, I, I actually think KP's running game does the rest of his game a disservice. I, I think he's actually an, inc- I think he's an incredible passer of the ball, but I think everybody's so used to, you know, that origin debut where he was carving up against New South Wales at, at Locke or, you know, they're so used to the footage of him doing the steps and, and slicing through. They're like, well, no, he's a running player. But the thing I've always loved about um, KP, and it's why I'm the most excited about him since Andrew Johnson. No, he's actually the complete package. Mm. He can run, he can pass, he can kick, and he can actually tackle. He is actually hard in in, in defence. But all of those other things get forgotten because all they go is like, oh, he's injured again. Oh, he just runs the ball. He's yeah. got an incredible passing game. And he he might be the best uh, best player in the NRL. I'd say his main competitors are Luke Keary, Mitch Moses, Cody Walker at short side raids, particularly around the le- down the left side of the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, which is yeah. A, a very, like, 5'8-like position. Like, you want him in attack most of the time to be sitting on that side of the field, sort of uh, waiting for a quick play of the ball, dart down the sh- short side with Jaden Braley. You know, you, you either get a line break and make something happen or it's a quick play of the ball and then you can play play off that on the open side. Um, and I think and maybe I'm trying to talk myself into it here. I don't know. But I think maybe that's why Jackson Hastings, work, Hastings works with, um, with, with Kalen Ponga is because at the Tigers – you never knew who was the man. Oh, Luke Brooks sort of wants to take charge. Oh, no, uh, you know, Jackson Hastings is taking charge. Well, you know, when Adam Dewey t- comes back, he'll take charge. There was no head chef there. They all sort of seemed like they wanted to. When you're in a team with Kalen Ponga, you know that he's, he's the man. Yeah. And Jackson Hastings now has an opportunity to take pressure off him where he's yeah. like, well, if all the all the defence is going to be focused on KP, it's my time to feast. So I think that's an and, opportunity. And yeah, Jackson actually has all the tools that suit that role. Yeah. He, he, he plays numbers, he kicks well, and he, and he, to use the shitty fucking phrase, he plays eyes up. He doesn't he, do, he doesn't run with his head down. Yes. He's the perfect fall for KP in that regard. Yeah, he's, he's so active. He gets his hand on the ball a lot. Um, he actually... What is he? He broke records for most touches in a game by a halfback this year. Yeah. Uh, he led the NRL so, in. Um, so is that so? Is, so when you say touches, that's everything. That's literally every time his his fingers get on the ball, that's a touch. Yeah, yeah. So uh, stepping in at hooker when they're coming off field. Yeah. Um, he, he loves the little tip on uh, to his to his forwards to sort of he's get. He's quite smart. Don't he? Yeah. Takes the role, doesn't he? Yeah. No, he's. 
he's kind of the total package and he's i sort of i've heard him talk about it as well like sometimes he he, he does push the dummy half out of the way but the way he sort of justifies it is like well the, the hooker has to make 50 bloody tackles a game and sometimes they're just too gassed to actually see what's in front of them so yeah they're just trying to get there past the ball yeah so i mean and look the the biggest problem we had in attack with Kalen and the team was, you know, the 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 opponents know that that's where the ball's going to go, and they rush yeah. up and and shut him down. Uh, Hastings is a guy who he demands a lot of defensive attention just because he's the one who's going to touch the ball more than anyone else outside of outside of Braley. So sort of just a, as a necessary thing, like the. The defense. So do you will... think Jack will have more touches in KP per game? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it won't be quite like it was at the Tigers because the he was sort of trying to cover for a fact that he had you know an entire forward pack with no one that could pass besides like Joe Ofahengawi a little bit, um, and that they had a really bad hooker. Um, so he'll be freed up a little bit, I think, to sort of sort of not necessarily have to touch the ball. You know, what was like over a hundred times a game in some games, like it was ridiculous. So I won't have to quite do that, but he'll usually be the one directing traffic. Um, he'll, the the opposition defense will be forced to key in on, on him a, a little bit and follow him, and that opens up opportunities for Kalen to to sort of not have the numbers loading up on his side of the field and, and following him, and also. Uh, having Miller out the back, like having an out and out dangerous, like tackle breaking runner. So tell the people you you you've watched the Miller highlights now. Tell the people what you've seen. I, I think he's Aldi Pappy. What are you sort of? He's cut price, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think it would have been good if we could get Garrick just because he's just got a bit more experience, and he also like um. I think Garrick just ticked a lot of boxes that we're worried about. Like you know, he's this big strong. Uh, kick returner who made heaps of meters and stuff. And um, can I just say, just on just on Ruben Garrick, everyone was critical of him. Like, oh, well, you want to play fullback, so you've taken more money to stay at a club. With mate, he's playing at a time where Tommy Tommy Tobojevic is now my fullback. Yeah. Garrick's going to play he's more fullback than fullback. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, um, yeah, on that, he was filling in for a team that was really, really reliant on their fullback and attack, and he was doing a good job. So mm-hmm. it would have been nice to get him. Um, Miller's a little bit more raw, but I mean, he he had, I think he was like he led the New South Wales Cup in tackle breaks as well. Um, he was like, I think might have been New South Wales Cup Player of the Year. I'm not sure. So he's he's probably the best back uh, backup fullback going around, and I think in his chances that he got in first grade, he did enough to earn a contract to get a go somewhere. Um. And I think it's it's a little bit. I mean, what's what's frustrating is that Bailey Hodgson has been injured. Well, I wanted time. to ask yeah. you about him as well. Yeah, where does Bailey Hodgson fit in in all of this? Because he's on the last year of his deal next year. Um, where is the club at in terms of investing in him? Uh, I reckon if he can get through most of the New South Wales Cup season, you know, pull up all right physically, I think he'll. I think we'll keep him. Um, just because he's, I, I think he's a massive talent from what I've seen. No, he is. Um, yeah. It's just he can't, he just hasn't been able to stay fit. But 
on the flip I mean, side, the you know, with him with always with KP, you know, he had the same skill set KP had. He had he had the pass, he, he had you know the ability to break tackles, he had the footwork, but he just doesn't have to run at it. So I don't think you can. You, yeah, you, you, the club, the club, to me, the club can't, can't just let him walk. You know, you've you've put, you've put out with this for two years. You see yeah. the talent. You've gotta you've gotta see it before you you decide whether he's, he's got the job or not. Yeah, and also if you keep investing in him and then he comes good. You're the club who stuck by him while he was yeah, absolutely. rehabbing yeah. injuries all this time. But. And that's the thing, like, you know, at the end of next year, because, you know, he's, he's played so little, if he sort of has an interrupted season this year, but gets, you know, maybe 15 games in cup and, and shows you what he's got, you'll get him on a deal that you couldn't have dreamt of. You know, you might get him for two years at about a, a third of what he might have got had he played more. Yeah. Um, and what I'll say about him as well, he, he does have a lot of skills similar to Kalen, but um, having watched him, there isn't, I don't think there's any doubt at all about what his position is. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Pure fullback? Yeah, yeah, pure fullback, yeah. And he's yeah, always he's, said that as well. He says, oh, I'm here to play fullback. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he's like, a, from what I've seen of him, he, like, he backs up on every single play. He's not, you know, a, a high possession sort of first receiver guy all the time. He was, yeah always, you know, sniffing around for offloads and stuff. So he does a lot of the stuff that uh, pretty, some pretty big sectors of the fan base complain about Kalen not doing uh, because Kalen was sort of trying to wear two hats all the time in attack. Um, but so, yeah, in both his case and also Lockie Miller's, we've got guys who their, their best, best asset is that they are really good runners of the ball. Um, they can sort of swing around both sides, um, sniff around for offloads. It'll be a simple role for both of them because Hastings will want the ball a lot. Kalen, I think, I think he'll probably be a like a a pretty dominant by the standards of five eights as well. Like these two will run the show, and there'll be there will be that sort of dangerous attacking weapon, um, drawing eyes and sort of creating opportunities in the line for us sort of no matter who's playing there. So the other part of this conversation is Will Price. Yes. So he come, he's coming to the club in 24, and he's got two positions, 5'8", fullback, which, you know, obviously KP's 5'8", and we, we hope that'll be another 10 years there. Um, fullback, you know, now we've got <laughs> options. What do you think about – what are you expecting from Will Price? Um, I don't know. He has a really nice highlight reel. If you look him up on YouTube as well, um, I think he's really talented. Um, I've got reservations. One of them is just um, that, yeah, he's an English player who's mostly played halfback and a halfback of five eighths, and the track record for those guys outside of um, uh, gorgeous George Williams. Hasn't been great. It's it's one of those things like you you're confident about English forwards coming over. A lot of them have gone well, um, but English outside backs, aside from Dom, who hadn't even played over there, so he hadn't been polluted by uh, the way Super League outside backs play. Um, yeah, haven't haven't been able to make the transition particularly well, and neither of halves for the most part. See, I've 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 seen people compare him to Gareth Widdop. Do you see that? Uh, Will Price. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just he's raw. He, I mean, he reminds me if if there's anyone, I'd I'd say like a 
a sort of shrunk down the trail a little bit. Uh, right down to making uh, uh, being a bit over aggressive in defense and getting himself suspended <laughs> right down to that aspect <laughs> of the trail. Um, now, I think, look, I think um, Lachlan Miller, from what I've seen, he could do the job. He'll play at a million miles an hour. Like he is desperate to, because he's, he's old, he's like 28, uh, without having all the miles on your body that um, most 28 yeah. year old fullbacks will. So right. he will come and absolutely get after it like a dog with a bone for his chance. And then behind him, we've got two, two young fellas, both sort of different fullbacks because, uh, I think Will Price's best attributes from what I've seen, like, um, so he's, yeah, he's a bigger body than, than Bailey and he's pretty elusive, but he's not quite as, you know, quick off the mark and stuff, but he's got like the big sort of Latrell Mitchell cutout pass and, uh, he's got a little bit of a kicking game as well. So it's a, and, um, I don't think he's, his work rate's quite as high as Bailey from what I've seen. So it's two, two very different, very talented options. That'll sort of be competing with each other to to take the spot off a guy who um, I think is will be a capable uh, fullback for us next year. My, so my, it's, sort, of, it's a good my sort of thinking with Willie is that he's he's in, he's the split between Dom and Bailey in terms of he's got all the physical tools like Dom. But he's got some, but he, you know, he's got, they're more attuned like Bailey's were. Um, I sort of think he's a bit of, a bit of that. But I also th- comes with the problem that Dom and Bailey both coming with reputations as just wanting to be footballers. And as um, Harvey's pointed out to me, and I've seen other places, uh, Will's attitude's not quite that good. Yeah, um, that, I don't, I don't know what to read into the too much of that stuff. He, uh, he, <laughs> The way he reacted to being suspended, I, I think that's the one thing I saw, which kind of I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. Like, he seemed to think it was a, a bit funny, but I don't know. They, you know, he's a young kid. Um, uh, I'm not going to expect uh, sort of high-level maturity from a 19-year-old. Down the blind, Andrew Jock. Inside for Elba. Elba will one of the reasons we actually wanted to have a sort of uh, end of year chat with you half was um you like you really do you look at the the market the way you would the nba like you're you're covering players you're you're seeing who's out there you're seeing what's about you want to make this team better now um we've got four spots left on our roster We've got it's sorry in the top thirty roster. We've got uh, ten players off contract this year, mate. I'm Peter Parr, and I give you a call and I say, Harvey, we need we need help recruiting to finish out our season. Talk to me, mate. Give me some ideas in terms of where you'd be looking, who you'd be recruiting, how you'd be signing, so we can make this Newcastle Knights squad not only better this year but um, moving towards premiership contention um, for, for years to come. So we've got four we've got four spots left. It's interesting to me. There are a couple of things here that do jump out at me. One, Dylan Lucas has a player option next year, which is fantastic. But two, Christian Mapapalangi, so he's still a develop. I think he's still a developmental player this year, but he's actually got a top 30 position 
uh, in the squad next year. So um, I think that's the, an the interesting Dylan, one. The Dylan Lucas one, mate, is he, um, yeah, that's the, he won't take that up. Like if, he, if he's going to be a first grader, that's worth nothing. So okay. essentially, there's an option there for him to stay in the club as a you know, as a squad member. But um, yeah, that's his his second year options. Yeah, irrelevant yeah, if he's a third top thirty player. Right, we've got we've got four positions left this season. We we'd like Lockie Miller to take one of those positions. So that's really leaving three positions left. We know the Knights historically under O'Brien like to leave one space up their sleeve for the first six months. So we're really looking who are two players that you're targeting that the Knights should be keeping their eye on to for season twenty twenty three. Herbie Farnworth, Herbie Farnworth. No, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, oh. Because no, you've been yeah. high on Herbie for a while, haven't you? Like, you're, yeah. you, you, you've, you've actually said it. You're like, if this guy was Australian, he would be front page news every single weekend. He's just that good. Yeah, no, I, I mean, he's pretty good looking as well. And that, that sometimes affects my, <laughs> my judgment of players a little bit. Um, is, is he no, cut price, Joey Marnie? Uh, yeah, a bit. I mean, he's, I think um, from what I've seen, uh, Maps is a pretty similar sort of player. So I don't know I just I just like him. He's he's got all this, you know, he's uh, you know a silky runner, but he also gets through a ton of work. So he ticks ticks a lot of boxes for me. Um, I know he wants to be a, a fullback. Uh, I think he'll. Probably oh, come to the Knights. We've we've promised everybody they can yeah. be a fullback. So. Join the queue, mate. He's probably going to end up getting paid a bunch by like Canterbury or something, so that's probably not going to happen. I just like him, uh, but no, like my serious who we should who we should chase. What is this for next year? Sort of off contract at the moment, or anyone? Just you, you, you I, my, I'm Peter Parr. I'm just here for ideas, mate. So um, hit me. What are what are the ideas that are uh, jumping out at you? Okay, so I don't know if you Harvey's big board <laughs> of recruitment targets. Uh, number one player I I would give my I don't know about giving my le- left nut for I just think he's a guy that if you made him like a, a really good offer you might be able to put some pressure on him and get him uh, I really like a back rower at the Sharks called Teague Wilton big on him uh, he's sort of like uh, so he's you know the stuff that we like about uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon like he's a he's a good line runner Mm. Um, uh, and he's sort of you know a, a big body, and he's he can offload a bit like that sort of thing. Um, so but take that all on as much luck again. That's the question. take that and put it in a guy who doesn't drop the ball constantly. Um, <laughs> who's a really sort of good hard nosed defender. Um and. Yeah, I just it, like he runs really, really good lines. Like I reckon he's a really smart player. Um, I think every um, every eye in the NRL and for back row recruitment is going to be on uh, young young Nanai, and you know so it should be. Um, and I think also the Sharks are probably going to. I think you got Wilton, you got Talakai off contract at the same time. I think the Cora comes up at about the same time. So they've got a few guys they're looking at um, trying to keep. And Wilton is the one where I'm like, yeah, I I don't know. I like him. I think he's the kind of player, a, a little bit like Liam Martin, he's the kind of player that good good sides 
you know, they uh they they have him, they put him in his spot, they pay him a you know a decent wage. I don't like paying back rowers heaps and heaps of money, although I'm gonna change my mind on that after Kai Pierce Paul plays for us, but uh, <laughs> but I think he's you know, if what whatever good offer we, we play him, if uh w- whatever good offer we might make for him, I think he's a guy who would provide a lot more value than that contract. I think he's he's terrific. Seven, he averages 76 running metres a game. He's got a 93% tackle efficiency. He's played 40-odd um, games. Uh, he scored eight tries. Yeah. Um, he certainly ticks all the boxes that you'd sort of want to see um, being, uh, you know, ticked off yeah, <laughs> um, the, when the, it comes to a young back rower. The running back rowers only get, like, they statistically or they historically, they get better. They get better yeah. with age. They don't wear down, like, outside, like, back. Yeah, outside backs. Yeah, and he's um he's coming off coming off the bench half the time when he plays for him and playing like forty minutes and stuff. So that I'd say you know if you play he could play eighty minutes every week and he'd those numbers you know be more like a solid you know a hundred odd running meters every week. Yeah, and yeah. There'd be I think more line breaks, more tries. So, and I think uh, he's a guy if you put him next to Kalen. Uh, his lines are like create heaps of space for him, so I really like him a lot. Um, others, uh, obviously, we should try and get Spencer the new, um, but every you know half the clubs, clubs in the comp will be trying to do that. So good luck. Do you reckon? Do you reckon we're a legitimate chance though, or is like is that just? Oh, it'd be nice if they were doing that sort of thing. It'd be nice. Yeah, I think yeah. he's. Yeah, I think he's going to be a one of the best props in the comp. Um, I don't know, other ones are like I think uh, Bunty Afoa over at the Warriors is Bunty pretty really? underrated. Yeah, I like okay, Bunty. Talk, okay, so talk, talk me through it because I'm all about Bunty coming to Newcastle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's right in that category that I've sort of talked about. Like, um, you get him in the rotation, he'll do his job at, at prop. He's you know 30, 40 minutes every week, and then if you need someone to step in and start because of injuries, he can do that. What is he, 20, 25, 26? So he's still got plenty of time left. But I like Bunty a lot. I think uh, – I know he's like a little bit of a meme because <laughs> of his name and his hair and stuff, but I think he's uh, – yeah. I, 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 genuinely, like I actually think there's a lot of racism involved, and that's yeah. just historically the case when you come to uh, Pacific Island players. Their uh, rugby uh, rugby league likes to sort – of, particularly in Australia, mm-hmm. likes to judge them on their, their differences as opposed to – the player that's genuinely underneath. Yeah, I mean, you call, he's the called... Thing, the thing with Bunty is, because he started playing so young, everyone kind of thought that he'd be this superstar player, and he's just a good, solid player. Yeah. Yeah. He's never looked like a bad player, but because he's not, you know, the best prop in New Zealand, they're sort of, yeah, everyone's off him. Mm. Yeah, and his name's Bunty Afoa, and he's got all that hair, so no... No one thinks, ah, uh, yep, solid, reliable, good. Yeah, this is right. Yeah, right. They, they think they think he's, you know, he should be tearing teams up for twenty minutes a game, or he's no yeah. good. Yeah, no, I, I like Monty. I think he's real good. He's been um, around for six years now. Gosh. Yeah, yeah and um, who else? Uh, so I'm getting, but what I'm hearing from you though so far, uh, Harv, is that. It, and I don't disagree with you, and I think it's fairly obvious. It's the middle. It's our forwards where we need to start bolstering up. This is where we need to get stronger. We've got we've got more than our backs, more than enough backs covered. And it's funny going into next year because 
Bradburn Best is at real risk, genuine. Like I don't, I'm not sure that he starts come round yep. one. So our outside, our backs are more than than filled now. Um, but prospects, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's our forwards now. It's our. Forwards. I, I think the only the only way Bradburn starts is if Gags plays on the wing. Because I think Maps is locked in. Yeah, I think. Uh, can Mapper play? But he's a de- de- developmental. Can he play round one? I'm not sure if he is. I think he might have a top 30 deal now. I'm not sure okay. about that. Um, no, I'm but, happy to be wrong on that. And then they can, they can promote him at any time. If they, if they were going to pick him, they just promote him into the top 30. Yep. He's okay. also he's also played most of his time in New South Wales Cup at right centre, and that's you know a big big issue for us defensively, as you know. Oh, and yeah. he got into the the side in the first place because he was defending really well in 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 cup. So. Yeah, that that interview I referenced earlier, my Brian, he he mentioned that he said that we we put the challenge to him to play in the centres in cup in that right centre spot and see if he can handle it, and he improves out of sight, which is why he got his running first grade. Yeah, and he's only had like half of one first grade preseason, so I think he'll. I know, I know, we're going a bit off topic here, but um, uh, what was I? Yeah, where does that leave Inari Tuala? And you think I'm joking when I ask that, but he has consistently been one of Adam O'Brien's most him and man. It is impossible. Yeah, Adam, to get O'Brien, Adam O'Brien side. loves scenario. Loves yeah. it. Yeah. And we discussed this, you know, after with, with Ben Darwin or afterwards, where we sort of pointed out, well, maybe the Knights have been doing a disservice to Tuala. Maybe it's not the other way around. So I, I, I actually, th- I actually think with Anari that he's he's the sort of guy that. He would actually flourish to be an in and out of the team sort of guy. He's the sort of guy that could play once every month and do a good job every time. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't think he's the sort of guy that needs consistent first grade football to to do his best. I think you know he he can come in and play once a month and do a really good job. Yeah, I think he's so a, be a culture guy, be a solid option. Yeah, I think he's a good good depth outside back, and I think that's what he'll be going forward. I think we'll keep him. So um, just, just bear in mind, final hunt. Yeah. Well, and where's Hamer where's, where's at? Where's, where's career at? Well, the only um, other thing I want to I want to ask you before you answer that is just remember, like from where this from where the Bay Fifty Three pod sits, there are two locks for that that those those four outside back positions next year: Dom Young and Christian Mapapalangi. So you, you've only got two more positions left. Yeah, I think. Um, and and gags like one of those spots. Whether it's yeah, on the wing or the centre, Gags is in that one of those spots. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, he might get shifted to left centre or play on the left wing. I think both are possible. Um, and so, where do you fit all of Greg Marju, um, Bradman Best, Heimel Hunt, um, Anari Tuala? Four into one just doesn't go. It's a good problem to have. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need to um, wait for the off season to play itself out, though. We've still got several much, yeah. more preseason. I mean, we, to go. I mean, by February we will be down to playing kids there. <laughs> yeah, well, the depth is definitely a lot better. Um, we do need to yeah, mention at this stage the. We, um, reach into it. we do need to mention at this stage as well. Poor Simi Sasagi, he'll miss half the season due to a shoulder injury. Wasn't he? he's had a shoulder recovery? Yeah, shoulder reconstruction. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those those preseason injuries are hitting. I, I prefer them to happen now. Rather than a few weeks out from the season, like Jaden Braley did. Yeah, the Braley, the Braley yeah. one, cruel us. Yeah, so, so much. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. being very considerate by doing it early. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, Braley, um, I'll in turn, with the remaining roster spots. I reckon there's a pretty good chance that if uh, so, we got Temple Kalepo. 
in the system who was he was pretty highly touted at previous clubs. I think his career was derailed a little bit by injury. Yeah. Um, if if he gets through the preseason all right, I reckon he's going to get one of the spots. As, wow. As okay. Tip. Yeah. Do you do you see Man purely at fourteen, or do you see Man as the second choice hooker? Um, I I I see him as a. Yeah, I think he's back to training at fourteen, and I think that's that's what he's good at. He'll so so if Bradley gets injured in round one. Do you think yeah. Man's playing hooker in round two? Um, yeah, some rotation between him and Kalepo, I think. Right. Yeah, that's my that's my guess. And when I say if, I mean when Bradley gets injured in round one. Don't. My heart can't take it. <laughs> well, he's on. No, no, he's on. It's odds and evens with him. See, the odd years he's he's busted. It's the it's the evens years where he's. So we're going to get a full uh, twenty four games out of him next season. Yeah, it's his maybe. fourth year with the club. Um, do we want to? Do we want to start? Is it too early to start talking? First seventeens or, or no, no, it's never too early. It's nearly Christmas. Early, yeah. <laughs> it's late, if anything. Um, well, I mean, the the mail that like I I'm I'm confident that Lachlan Miller, Lockie Miller, will be coming to the Newcastle Knights. Um, I don't know. I, I think in round one, if he's if he's with the club, he's he's at one, and if he's not yeah. with the club, Gags is at one. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, right. Why Why gag? I mean, we want gags at one. We, we want gags there, and I never thought it was actually going to happen, but Barry Tilly's pretty confident about it. And Barry spoke I – know, I know that on that pod, Barry spoke to Adam about it, and I think that that's one where Barry might have the mail on that one. I think that yeah, gags is is the definite option if Lockie's not at the club. All right, we can, yeah. we can knock the halves out of the way nice and early then. So yeah, that, that, that just – that nails KP to six and Jackson yep. Hastings to seven. Yep. So let's let's go. Let's go with these four the outside Dom's on the right wing. Dom's on the right wing. Who's inside of him? Um, I'm, I reckon it's probably between, <laughs> between <laughs> Bapa Belangi and Dylan Lucas, I reckon. Yeah, I think Mapa Belangi's. I think that's Mapa Belangi's spot for as long as he wants it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I um, probably tend to agree with that. He's he's playing with his his best mate there as well, so that's uh, you know a bit of a pre-existing sort of connection. So surely that for me that has to put Greg Marshu out on the left center. He hasn't. He didn't leave the Titans to sign a three-year deal for us to not play in round one next year. That's I that's think, no. I instinct. think on the left wing is Dane Gagai. Okay. All Gags right, is yeah. not a fullback. If Gags is not a fullback, he's on the left wing. If he's a fullback, Marju's on that wing. Yep. All right. Yeah, I think um, he he can still sort of communicate and stuff like that. Dane Gagai in, in defence. So it, and uh, you got. I think Braddy. Yeah, but the problem, the problem, Harvey, is is that he's communicating. Hey, get that, get that guy that I just missed tackled. We don't need him communicating that. <laughs> well, if he's on the yeah, wing, he'll, he'll make three tackles a game. <laughs> yeah, true. See, the thing is with Gags, but he gets put on the outside. We, he's yeah. got the sideline there. You see, he's stand on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, I think Adzi still really likes Braddy. And Braddy needs to be babysit in defense a little bit. He's very indecisive. Um, and it, But he's just got – I mean, he still has all this upside, I think. You, I, you, like, we, we can't – this club cannot give up on Brabham Best yet. Yeah. yeah. I we think just the, can't. The most likely is, yeah, Braddy sent, uh, left center, Gagai left wing, I reckon. And I think uh, an injury somewhere is inevitable. 
at some point, and I think Mazu is probably training on both wings. Would be my guess. So, do you see? Do you see? So, do you see Heimel as the floater, as in Heimel can fill center wing, sort of, you know? Yeah, what do you see think, in that is that. I don't know. It seems like Adzi's just off Heimel. I don't know what's going on there. I think he might be like bottom I can't of the deck. Blame Adzi. I, I tell you what, I w- it would not surprise me if come round one next year, Heimel hunts not a member of the Newcastle Knights. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with that. Yeah, because... I mean, if we've got, I think, eight outside backs plus some utilities as well, which is a lot. So if there's another... Yeah, and he's, of... he's, he's on, he's, because he played so well, his early things, when he got the extended contract, he'd be on pretty reasonable money. Yeah, I think if there's another sort of player swap in the works, it wouldn't surprise me if he's the one who, who leaves. I think, last, happily open up last season. I think they'd happily open up that spot and and sort of Dylan Lucas is then you, you know, your next cog, cog in your outside backs. Yeah, and Lucas is a he's sort of a centre back rower. Uh, he's played a few games on the edge there as well, so he's he's probably one of the better defenders out of our outside outside backs as well. So, yeah, decent yeah. shot he'll play somewhere in round one, I reckon. Maybe even uh, Jersey seventeen or something like that. Right, it's uh, okay. Final... I'll get one to seven. One to lucky at one. Yep. So we'll have uh, two. We'll have gags. Yep. Yeah. Three. Who'd have a three? Well, you, Bradman, you, you see. Oh, Bradman, sorry, Bradman at three. Yeah, sorry, Bradman three. Uh, except Absolutely. Bradman likes wearing the number four to confuse yeah, everyone. I did, yeah, that's why it confused me. I was thinking Bradman in the four jersey. That's yeah. why I was confusing me. Um, yeah, so Maps and Bradman in the centers. Yep. Um, and, Dom, Dom, Dom right and wing, yeah. Dom, Dom on the other side. And KP and Jacko. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, our, that's our one to seven. Do the forwards – the forwards is a funny one. And the only uh, fly in the ointment for me – is I don't know if um, O'Brien has still stuck with the whole I want to have a Fijian front rower on the field at any uh, for, uh, at any minute of the eighty minutes. Does Sofidi twins start, or does does only one of them start in that front row? I don't want them to start. I, I think they don't, they don't play well well together. I think they play well in rotation with each other. Yeah, so that's what that, that that's my instinct as well. But if Okay, which one starts? Dan. And who partners Dan uh, in the front with um, with, uh, Jaden Bradley? Yeah. Yeah, all right. I reckon there's a a decent chance it it might be mixed up throughout the year. Um, You get, I think the Twins might start together a a fair few times, but uh, he did do that a little bit when when, uh, both the Twins were going really well and he had... uh, Clem coming off the bench, he he still did shake that up a little bit in terms of who started and who came off the bench. So I could see like I could see Dan coming off the bench. And I, I, remember, I remember one day he did that and we got we got pummeled by someone at home. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that 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 didn't work. <laughs> yes, I remember the I remember the, the presser like this exasperated look on his face, just going, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon. Um, I actually like Jacob as a starter. Um. I, I I agree with you. I think that Dan would be really good off the bench, but I just think that Dan's got the reputation as he's, yeah, he's the, you know he's got the net, the bigger. Yeah. Yeah. It's bigger so standing. funny. I know that they're twins, but I still think of Dan as the bigger brother. Does yeah. that make oh, sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. absolutely. The way I, I look at it, Dan's Jacob uh, has sort of a bit better line speed, and I think he's a bit better sort of starting games. Dan, we've seen sort of come on more more often for his second stint, and like if we're in a game where it's sort of Tight, he's come on and sort of got us back on the ascendancy. With it, uh, it's a good point you make. Dan, Dan's best stint is always his second stint. Yeah, 
It's always his second. So when he, when you go to when you, at the end of the day and you go, oh, geez, Dan was outstanding today. It's always because he was outstanding in the second half. That last twenty minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, you got to really Karen Orange player. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, yeah, I think uh, that'll be the ro- the main rotation. There's like 160 minutes to go around between Dan, Jacob, and Jack, and I think they'll take up the bulk of them. Oh, I see. yeah, okay, I understand what you're saying. All right, so. But I, th- I think round one, you're probably right. It'll be um, Jack, Jaden, and Dan in the front row. Who? Okay, so so that's Brails eight, nine, ten. Yeah. So um, yeah, Brailsford hooker. So is Frizzell in the number eleven jersey? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No question. Yeah. Okay. This is this is probably. I one. think this is probably the who takes the number twelve jersey. I know who I want, (laughs) and I think I know who it's going to be, and they are not the same answer. Um, I want it to be someone that we recruit in the next few weeks. Uh, Oh, okay. Kai Pierce Paul? Teague Wilson, someone. Not not anyone we have on the roster at the moment. Um, Yeah, I think Buzz said something about us maybe going after Nathan Brown, uh, which... Which would mean that I think Adam Elliott would be starting on the left edge. Actually, this is this is so funny. I've, I've got to read this out to you because I know we were talking about this in the um, in the in the chat, and we we're like, we don't know what the fuck Buzz is yeah. talking about. But I got this I got this message from good friend of the of the pod uh, Nagy Nagwell, who um, sent me the screenshot saying, "quote." But, for example, if Nathan Brown goes to the West Tigers, that will trigger an opportunity for a Marty Tapao-type player, same with Newcastle, hyphen. He's also talking to them, end quote. <laughs> and Nagy's just gone, what the fuck is Buzz on about? Can you translate? <laughs> and I said, we're talking about this in another chat. Just to- yeah. <laughs> um, if, if we sign Nathan Brown, um, fold the club. I just <laughs> I, – I can I, – and it's really funny because I actually do genuinely understand the appeal of a Nathan Brown type player to a, an Adam O'Brien type coach, but n- no, that is the that is the Medusa is, of, so is of Nathan, is Nathan Brown an option because he's the Barney type in terms of line speed. Yeah, he brings very fast line speed. He st- he has all those problems with um struggling to get quick play of the balls, but he's also, um, I mean, he's not Victor Radley or anything, but he's uh, a pretty good ball player for a middle forward as well. So, so do you, okay, he, my next question would be, would you have preferred keep Barney or get Nathan Brown? Oh, Ooh. God. Um, no, I'd prefer to get Nathan Brown. The, the I, think, it, I, think that, I think Nathan, I think they're about pretty similarly standard of player and Nathan Brown's going to be considerably cheaper. And I just think the sooner Mitchell Barnett was out of the club, the oh, yeah, great, for a variety of reasons. Well, they, they couldn't play together because they're just purely player. And they couldn't uh, they couldn't be in the same side because uh, Barnett would probably kill and eat him. Um, oh, that's right. They're exactly right. Yeah, they don't, they don't like each other. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, see, my I, think, see, I was I was one hundred percent against Nathan Brown. I didn't did not want him. But I'm starting to come around in terms of I see what he offers. Yeah. And that means that there's no chance that Kurt Mann ever plays lock again. I'm with, yes. I'm with it. Well, <laughs> it would definitely signal that Kurt Mann starting at lock is 100% over because we'd have two players where that's, is, that, that's their best position. Yeah. 
See, I and then you've got Pokes and whatnot. I wanted Adam Elliott at um, number twelve and Matt Croker at number thirteen. Yeah, I'm 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 with you there, mate. I'm 100 with you there. But well, I what don't... I think what I think is going to happen is Lachlan Fitzgibbon at twelve and Adam Elliott at thirteen, which I'm kind of okay with. Yeah, Fitz or or Brody on the on the left edge. Uh, if we don't, if we don't sign so, any so, more, so Fitz on, so Fitz on the left gives you a left of KP, Fitz, Braddy, Gags. I'm okay with that. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, making your tackles is overrated anyway. So. <laughs> well, that's why right. I agree. Defense, defense is an issue, but I don't think any of those guys can't tackle. I don't think yeah. any of those guys actually communicate. I think that's the issue. Yeah. Um. I think those I think those last two spots are a little bit up in the air. Do we want to get to the bench? Do we want to look? Because I, I in my yeah, mind... Yeah, this is where I'm interested. I, I want to see what um, Harvey thinks about who's actually going to be on this bench. We'll see. Do, do we want Harvey to go first or do we want him, do yeah. we want him to go last? Let him go last. Let, let me get my stupid opinion out of the way. Well, no, see, no, see, I, I disagree. I, I think my opinion is the most is we all know that I'm all heart and absolutely no head when it comes to these things. So, um, let me get. I, I absolutely think we we get the the absolute dross out of the way first because I, I just think my my bench is the most predictable. So, man at fourteen, Jacob Saifidi's obviously in the team at fifteen. I think Leo Thompson um, probably gets another run if he was good enough to start being the 17 this year. Um, and then I think that's where Matt Croker gets the last spot there. So I, I think that's your that's your bench for come round one. Yeah, so I'm I'm with you there. I that's how I would pick it. I but I think that Brody Jones might be on that bench instead of Matt Croker. Yeah. I don't have any issues with that. On the basis that something like Brody's Worked on something this off season to to get the rubbish out of his game this year. Yeah, that, that's to... right. Like, I, as I said, I'm, I'm high on Brody for next year, but I, I think that he's, the flexibility of Brody, you know, he can play centre, edge, lock. I think that's handy with it. With no Simi, with no Simi around, I think that's handy. The reason the reason I'm big on Matt Croker from round one being on that bench is I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like it's a bit of a time for someone to read the facts of life to Matt Croker. Like I kind of feel like we've not babied him. That, that's really not the phrase I'm looking for, but we've sort of, we've been gentle on him the past couple of years going, Oh, we're, we're, we're easing him into the game. We're, no, his time is now. Like if he's it, now is the time for him to start being the player that we, that we think he is like, you know, you know, Bredo, you and I, we sort of, we, I actually do think we back our players quite considerably well. And we sort and I just, I'm, I'm very aware that we sort of said no excuses this year. And we kind of, I just feel like 2023 is a bit of a no excuses year for Matt Croker, that this is the year for him to start being consistently the player that we know he is. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm real concerned about Croak's long-term in terms of his position in the club. Because I think that he's going to be the 18th, 19th player in this squad. And those guys tend to drift out of the squad eventually because clubs don't want to spend their money on those yep. sort of guys. They Agreed. prefer to use that spot and that money on a young on a young kid with, with upside, which Wack Kroger was two years ago, you know. And I think that's what happened to Sione. Sione, Adam O'Brien went to Sione and said, look, mate, you're going to be the 18th player. Um, we really don't want to use an upper spot for you. 
and I, and, I, and that proved as we, you know we all hated it at the time and it proved to be the wrong call because Sione friggin' fit in fantastically on the left edge in this team. Mm. But I feel uh, that's my concern with Croaks that he's going to be that just outside the top seventeen and, not, and think, not get enough opportunity because to me that- you only see the best of Matt Croker when he's playing sixty minutes a game because that's his strength. His strength is not impact. His strength is I can play good quality solid football for sixty to eighty minutes every week. Do you think so if you're not getting chance, that out of him, what are you getting out of him? What it, is there the chance though that the club has learned from the Sioni mistake and they're willing to give a little bit more, like put a, in, no, invest? We've, a we've been night scenes for over thirty years. This club doesn't yeah. learn anything ever. Uh, uh, as soon as I start asking the question, I knew the answer. <laughs> Harvey, uh, you've heard, you've heard, yeah, you've heard our benches. Uh, how much? How different is yours? Go. Yeah, it's pretty different. Um, I got a few <laughs> plot, plot twists. <laughs> All right, so at fourteen, you got to you got to get him in the middle and let him work. Greg Marzu, uh, fifteen, <laughs> Kurt. Hang on, I my my earphones are melting. <laughs> fifteen, Kurt. Another plot twist, Gidley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I think yeah, Kurtman fourteen, um, Leo. Uh, Whoever is there any chance Leo starts? Oh no, yeah, I, I was actually going to say that before. I, I don't mind the idea of Leo starting with Dan Sofidi, but I, I forgot is about Jack Heather. Maybe. I think. Um, oh, you play Leo. You play Leo at thirteen and play Elliot on that left edge. He's a very. He'd be a very slow lock. He's got the got the ball skills though. Um, yeah. He moves all right. I think um, if he has like a really, really good preseason, because I know they like him a lot, um, that I'd say. Well, I hope I hope they do. We've got him for three more years. Yeah. <laughs> um, can just, I, can think... I just ask in terms of croaks, Harvey? Like you're you're sort of the you know, you're not the Nova Cash and we are. Well, we sort of like, see the locals and get a bit in love. <laughs> you you're not as high as we are. What what do you see for croaks? Yeah, no, he's not from Tari, so... Um... <laughs> he's, close, yeah, he's closer to Tari than Newcastle. He's from Namiak. Oh, he's, he's in Namiak, isn't he? All right, yeah, yeah. no, um, 10-year deal. Uh, <laughs> nah, um, I think Croaks needs needs more time to build his body up. I think um, you're going to hate the comparison, but I think it might be a bit like a, a Josh King sort of thing. Not. Oh, oh, no, sorry. Oh, not, I'm not comparing. Mike. Mike. Oh, I'm, I'm not comparing how talented they are as, as players. Oh, I swear there's a logic to this. Give me a second. So the basis of the comparison is Croaks has been a part-time player a lot in the past few years, and I think he missed a preseason. Um, and because he hasn't been full-time training as much, I think he needs just a bit more time to build himself up physically. Like Josh King, eventually, once he became a full-time player and he really put work in in the gym, he eventually became like a solid bench prop for us. And now he's sort of doing the same thing over at Melbourne. And I think Croaks has got, you know, a fair bit more in his bag. Like obviously, you know, he can pass and stuff like that. Um, I think patience with Croaks, sort of building him up, not asking him to do too much too soon and sort of, I, I think, I mean, it's, I, you, you're not going to like it, but, you know, doing a, a, a few games in New South Wales Cup where he does big, big minutes and then coming in to do sort of 15, 20 in first grade as he sort of builds himself up to being someone who can 
do those big first grade minutes. I think that's that's the path for him. Where do you him. see best position as? Um, like a versatile forward who can so come in, uh, come on as the reserve lock, reserve prop, and also if there's an injury in the back row, he can come come in and cover that as well. So a little bit like um, they're sort of different body shapes, but a little bit like uh, you know Egan Butcher, Matt Butcher at, at the Roosters, yep. a little bit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and I'll, I'll I like him. Um, I don't know if he'll be in the seventeen round one. Um, I think yet. Yeah, I think Leo will be in the 17 somewhere um, with Kurt and then whoever out of Jack, Jacob and Daniel doesn't start. And then spot 17, I think uh, Adzi might get a bit funky with it. Like it might be Dylan Lucas or something. I don't know. Or it could just be Brody. Boring. So hang on. I, I lost track a bit there. So so were you, Greg Mars, you at 14, Kurt? Were... <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah, right. So um, Kurt at 14, Jacob. Jacob or Jack Etherington at 15. Yep. Leo and then flip a coin, roll okay. a dice. Right. So, you, so you think Dylan Lucas is a genuine sort of edge option, like long term? Um. Yeah, I think he... he he bounced between uh, the edge and centers in New South Wales Cup, and I think he's yeah. Slowly... I, I, I did I did remember seeing him play one game on the edge, and I kind of just got the feeling because I didn't know that he was an edge. I just thought, well, he's a, he's a fairly big body they've shoved in there through necessity. But yeah, it's interesting. You think that he's actually you know got the ability to play there? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a Kurt Capewell thing, um, where he's sort of yeah, right, yeah, that makes in sense. the middle yeah. a little bit as a player, like he's not not quite the. I mean, he's pretty quick, but I don't think he's quite the the speed machine as some of the, some of their our other outside backs. And then we got bigger forwards as well. So he's sort of just one of those guys that he's a bit like Ruben Wicky. As he's got older, he's got slower. He sort of he used to be really fast in the the, the young the young sides, but as he's got older, yeah, the body's got big and the, the legs have slowed down. Like Brady, I suppose. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, he probably would have played a few first grade games this year if he didn't get. Didn't get injured, so I think he was like right on the cusp of playing for us. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if it, yeah, he was definitely somewhere. a pegging order ahead of maps at one stage there, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And yeah, um, he's he's pretty good for what I've seen. So he's got a shot. I was actually interested to see that Barry the other day said that Mackenzie Baker is no longer with the club. That's a bit disappointing. Yeah, Mackenzie was always one that was like the. Yeah, he was, he was like so many at the Knights, like sort of uh, talked up for bigger and better things and then just sort of dropped away and the next thing you knew he really wasn't at the club anymore. So, um, But it, it, it's just a consistent story with the Knights. It's just that it, there's no aim, there's no purpose to the way we recruit and develop. You know what I mean? I thought, you know what I think? The, uh, the, squad, the way the squads are done in the modern game we haven't adjusted. We used to be right back on the day when you had three full sides and any of those could play first grade on any day. And we could keep them all because, you know, you could play under tw- under 21s in front of 20,000. Those kids were happy. And, you know, they, they or they'd play in reserve grade, you know, and they those guys would win cops, they'd be happy. The way the modern squad is where you've got to sort of have your 30 man and your salary cap, we haven't adjusted to that. We still have a uh. lot of talent throughout the club, but we can't seem to tunnel that into 30 solid first graders. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. there's that, a lot of guys that actually were, were great players for us in the nineties that in the modern system never would have played for 
because they would have been given up on three or four years before they made it. That, and Billy Fink is probably the shining example of that. Yeah, that's definitely the problem, the, the really big problem we had that we saw this year. Um, like, it's it's not that the top 17 wasn't good enough to at least be competitive at games. It's just once we're dipping into players, you know, 24, 25, we had some serious problems and we let go of players who maybe didn't have the highest ceiling in the world, but who we could have really used this year. Like, yeah. um, like uh, Hosking is the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm still, I'm still filthy at Zach. Yeah. We, um, like Zach out of me just, yeah, that was, and the fact that Penrith have now recruited him, I'm just like, well, Jesus Christ, the team that produces Isaac. their own stars every year mm. still see a role for him. We were, we were, isn't he? I forgot about that. We were all lined up to, um, we were actually lined up to talk with Zach earlier this year, and then the news about Penrith dropped, and we were just like, it just, yeah, it just, it absolutely gutted us. Like it took all I the wind. I was so deflated with it all. I just, because yeah. I was convinced he was coming home. Yeah. I was an English uh, football supporter. It was coming home. I, um... <laughs> I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. The draw actually has been released for next year. I mean, the, the 17, 18 players that we've sort of—is that good enough to win round one away to the Warriors on a on a cold Friday night at six o'clock? Jesus, bloody hope so. Have you seen who the Warriors are fielding next year? <laughs> if, 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 if they don't get the spoon, it's only because the Dolphins are the worst thing you've ever seen because that yeah. Warriors team is garbage. Well, it's funny you should say that, Bruno, because our first four games, are, sorry, yeah, our first four games are Warriors away, Tigers away, Dolphins at home, Raiders at home. I I can conceivably see us being 0-4 to start the season. Okay, oh, dog. No. I got no. No. Well, let me tell you my reasoning, right? The Warriors are supposed to be rubbish, so you know they'll aim up against us. Um, the Hastings Cup against the Tigers away, and that's uh, that's out at Leichhardt. We actually do. So the advantage have... of the Warriors game is it's not in Auckland. Sorry, the yes, Warriors game is not in Auckland. They're shitty Wellington. Yeah, no, that's true. No, okay, all right, that gives me some hope. But the Knights away to the Tigers in the Hastings Cup. Well, they'll want to get one up over Jacko. You know, the Dolphins are win- Wayne Bennett-led Dolphins are winning their first game in NRL in their NRL history against us. And when it comes to the Knights v the, the Raiders, I- I'm not saying we can't beat them, but the games against them are always they're, it's they're, always they're a, legitimate bunnies. What's well, that? But it's all no. It's it's always a flip of a coin. Like they got us by two. No, but we but we always beat them. You ask Raiders fans. Raiders fans hate playing us because KP. They they're convinced KP plays two good games a year against them. Yeah, no, that, that yeah, is true. they got that so true. much resentment. They, Hang the, on, I'm, I'm the looking Raiders at the did, the Raiders did get the double over us this year. That's all because there was no KP in either of them. That is absolutely not true. He was blamed for losing one of the games against them when when. He, when when they scored, uh, when uh, Hudson, Hudson Young, Hudson Young chipped it through. Oh, the yeah. Hudson Young game! I thought, oh, don't, don't. Oh. Yeah, he was. It was practically dying on the field. Mm. Yeah, that's so right. I, and I'm we gonna, still only beat a team that you know we're, we're a lot better than us. I'm going to float something which might sound crazy. You're on the Bay 53 pod, mate. This is the place to do it. Yeah, round one. Uh, Dolphins play the Roosters. I reckon the Dolphins are going to win that one. 
No, not a chance. I, I think there is absolutely zero chance of that, and I'll tell you why. Is because the the I think the Roosters will refuse to lose round one again against sub subpar opposition like they did against us this year. I, I I'm not saying that the Roosters will be unbeatable next year, but I think they were absolutely stung by us in round one this year, and they're like, we are not letting that happen can I, again. Can I, can I tell you one thing? The Roosters will not win the Premiership next year. You know why? So there was a, there was a new betting company, new betting company that had these weird things where you could bet ten dollars to win a thousand in various sports. Oh yeah. So so I had ten dollars on France to win the World Cup. You win a thousand, hundred to one. It's just promotion to get people to join up with them. The Roosters won my NRL bet ten dollars to win a thousand, so they're not winning the NRL. <laughs> and my, my my um my NBA bet was the Warriors ten to win a thousand, and they've gone to shit. <laughs> and the AFL, still, you're did, looking good for France. France are in very hot form. Yeah, France is looking okay. The, and my AFL one was just to stop them winning was Collingwood. Because I just, you know. <laughs> that's it. Oh, brother, I don't think Collingwood need any more of your help to stop them winning. They're more than capable of doing them doing that themselves. Look, I mean, we were talking about this a bit off it, like before we started recording. Um, this year, this year really did get gut me with with the men's team. Bless that, bless that beautiful. Um, NRLW team that gave me some hope, at least back in the concept of the Newcastle Knights as a as a club, but certainly this men's team absolutely gutted me this year. And and and, and I think I said this before is that we came up with so many reasons as to why it was okay for the men not to perform, and the women turned their like they turned a season around within a few weeks and went and won a premiership. You know, within the rules within which they were given to to sort of do it. And going into next year, I just. Yeah, I think I think this is the first off season in a long time that I've gone with just I've got I've got no hope for this team. I, I just don't. I see where we've made changes. I don't see how it's improved, and that's the biggest concern I have for for this men's team going into next season. That's why, yeah, I can conceivably see Wayne Bennett saying, "Don't worry, boys, we will have at least one win after round three because we're playing the Knights." My my hope for improvement is the fact that we've recruited in the spine. So we will say, and essentially, Brazel is a new recruit too. So we hadn't had him done last year. So we've eventually got three new spine players. Surely that's got to make it better. You replace you replace the Chad with Brails. You replace um, Clune with Jacko, and you replace essentially Tex Hoy with Lachlan Miller. See, my concern with forward, that, my opinion, and my, we replaced uh, Clifford and Milford with Ponga. But yeah. you see, my concern with that is good. Uh, if we had good friend of the pod Ben Darwin here, he'd be saying, "But there's no combinations there." But the, that's why fresh players. That's why that's where I think the Ben's numbers don't add up in terms of overall. I think the Ben's right in terms of the entire squad, but the spine in rugby league is so important to the game. Yeah, I think. Um, it, I mean, it'll take a while to 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 gel obviously um but which is what a soft of... starts with for mine if we had a really hard start we could easily be 0 and 10 but for yeah. me we can go two and two in that soft start and then start to find a bit of combination i'm happy i'm okay with that yeah the, that's what the early weeks are about sort of building combinations and stuff but i think um yeah the real big problem we had was that the we had a roster that really relied on a dominant halfback and we have one of those now. Um, controversial. I think Hastings is a better player than, than Pierce was, was for the last couple of years. 
like significantly better. Um, so I, I don't know. The the boat has a captain again. There's my there's the pithy way <laughs> I'm gonna sum that up. So I think in terms of coming into the season with a clear game plan and sticking to it, I think we're in a better position to do that. Um, and that brings a bit more respectability. And... Hey, can we can we quickly talk about uh, Magic Round and the Knights' non-appearance? Because I, I was just going through the um, I was just going through the draw again. I was like, mm, round ten with a buy. That's that's fairly early. But notwithstanding the fact I forgot there are three buys next year, um, can I like at the time when I found out the Knights were missing out, I did the classic. Great, we don't have to worry about them. Mate, the NRL can get fucked. Like. <laughs> The Knights missing Magic, like, it was right there in front of you. Give the Warriors a rest. Like, let them stay in New Zealand. Let them have that one off. You know, they've, they've done nothing but travel over to Australia. That is one weekend where you can just guarantee it's not going to be a problem. They don't have to play that shit 3 p.m. time slot on Saturday. The Knights could have played there. The Knights missing, it's bullshit. And the fucking rubbish that the line that... The story for it that we're the least engaged fan, oh, mate. Yeah, is fucking, that is, yeah, That is absolutely a... a, a bomb like it's just atrocious and it's simply not true and the thing is is that mate if you'd played any other fucking team at that 6 p.m friday night slot that we've had to do the last two years no one's watching in fact no one's every, probably fucking every, there I've been, I've been every magic round every year we were there we have been in the more supported teams now on that, those two last two weeks the last two years on the friday night Obviously, the Broncos have more fans there, but we've been the second most supported team on those two Friday nights. Over Manly, we're always there, mm. and yep. the Tigers last year, and um, Canterbury this year. The idea that we're the least, we're the least engaging fan base in the whole thing is fucking ridiculous, and it's just yeah, you're right. The Warriors, why why are the Warriors travelling unnecessarily? And we know that they're going to be playing at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon as well. When we're all hung over and we're barely trying, we're barely able to comprehend the game. I tell you, I, I actually tell you, you should be missing out because of the way they've been in Magic Round St George. They get fuck all fans there because their fans are over them. They haven't won at Magic Round yet. St George should be the team that misses out. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I just think the the idea that yeah, the. The NRL are always funny with the Newcastle Knights in terms of they love to talk up about, oh, you know, you sat through three spoons and, you know, the crowds kept showing up, but you don't engage with your team. So we're not sending you to, like, which is it? Are we good fans or are we bad fans? Because you, you can't have it both ways just when it suits some shitty outcome that you're trying to trying to um, shoehorn into the, the scenario. Now, what does perplex me, though, is why are they so determined to make sure it was the Knights that missed Magic Round next year? I, I just, what's what? What are we missing? That because the that broadcasters would... hate the Knights. Because yeah. there's not enough eyeballs in Newcastle, especially when the Knights are shit. The Knights get te horrendous television ratings. Yeah. When when we're shit, you know, it's, it's Canberra. If Canberra was shit and we were okay, then Canberra would be the team that they, that misses out. So we're say that. But say that then. Say your team hasn't been good enough. Because and you know because what? they can't but they can't say that at Magic Round because we've won. Through the three, uh, three the four years. Oh, uh, I think I actually think I would have tolerated that a lot more, if only because the broadcasters, particularly Channel Nine, bet big on the Knights this year, and we fucking let them down. So I actually would have been happy with that if they said, "Look, we've gone over the view, over the viewer ratings when it comes to the Knights. We had to make a decision, and unfortunately, the Knights missed out. You're just not good enough. Say that. Be honest with me. You're right. Give, give us the shit time slots. They, they've given us the 6 o'clock on Friday twice, and they gave us the 3 o'clock on Saturday the other year, and then the year that got cancelled because of COVID, we're also 3 o'clock on a Saturday. 
Yeah. So they've given us the shit time slots every year there, you know. No. No, it's not I like just... we're, we're in, you know, doing Saturday night 7.30 games. Mm. I just, look, I, I tried to be um, sort of... Uh... I mean, I'm still going to go. <laughs> I'm still going to enjoy Magic Round, and uh, and the, but I, you know, there's still going to be a part of me that's like, well, look, I'm glad we're not losing, but gee, these weekends are always good fun when we win. Anyway, boys, I think um, I think that uh, that might be more than enough time to uh, to wrap it up. It's been another fascinating uh, couple of hours with you. It's certainly been a, a, an interesting off season. Uh, some quick predictions. I, I want to get a couple of predictions from you boys just in terms of what you think, what, what's going to make the news with the Newcastle Knights in the next few months before round one? Because you know you know, it's not going to be a quiet so – there's no such thing as a quiet off-season in Newcastle. Um, uh, uh, Harvey, I'll, I'll, I'll get your get, – I'll put you on the spot first. What are, what are the top one or two things that you think are going to make the news over the next few months out, out of Newcastle? Um, uh, Nate's saying Herbie Farnworth, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm given a personal invitation to come and have, um, just have dinner with him, just pick his brain, you know, just talk. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, um, we, I don't know, we sign, uh, we sign a forward. <laughs> it's not very exciting, but, um, yeah, we'll pick someone up or I don't know, someone from the... The training squad might might get the spot, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, and um, Kalen Ponga makes the news uh, for being a very good boy, um, like helping helping an old lady across the street or something like that. Well, it's funny you should mention Kalen because there's only the deal with guys. There's only one prediction that I'm going to make for the off-season, and my prediction is that I think the Knights will announce uh, Jaden Braley as the permanent on-field captain of the Knights from next season. I think, um, I, I don't, and they'll, they'll spin it in terms of some way saying, look, we want to take the, we want to lighten the load on Kalen. We just want him to focus on his football. Da 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 da. And uh, and I think that they'll they'll announce Jaden Braley as the uh, as the full-time captain moving forward. That's my one prediction. I think KPP will play for us in 2023. Ooh, I like that one. Ooh, that's a very I, good and, one. And, and, I'm, and I'm going I'm going on vibes, but I also think that the Knights know they have to have him. And I really do. And we've got so many fucking shit back rollers, we can throw players at them in a spot. <laughs> We're going to leave them short, you know? Take three back rollers if you want. <laughs> I just, no, I just think the Knights know that they, they have to have someone on that left edge spot. And I really think that they'll go, they'll go hard. When do you yeah, think we, that? When do you think that will be announced? Before uh, Christmas, uh, February. Uh, no, gen- January, late January. Yeah. There's, we do also have. Um, I reckon Jack Johns might actually be the kind of back rower who might be pretty good. I absolutely need for that prediction. Yeah, this is a bit of a, a bit of a ball player as well in that. Yeah, he's a ball player lightweight. You know, they they, they suit that eight style game over there. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey, thank you very much for your time. Bretto, as usual, it is fun. Have you, have you boys got much planned for uh, for Christmas? It's it's a fairly low key affair at the K Dogs house this year. I'm just I'm just glad we got through the uh, through the season. The year. Trying to absorb these interest rate rises, personally. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm, um, I'm going on a road trip up to Brisbane. Um, 
there's you're kidnapping a... Harvey Farnsworth, aren't you? No, I'm not kidnapping. I mean, look, I'm not going to mention any names, but yeah, there's, you know, there's a, a player who plays for the Broncos with a plan to follow around like uh, like the Grateful Dead. And his, uh, his name rhymes with uh, Smarmsworth. Um, <laughs> Harvey, thank you for your time. Bretto, it is always a pleasure, as usual. I will see you boys in the chat. And, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. And, look, ha- thanks for a great year. And, everybody, please have a safe, happy, and very Merry Christmas. Thanks, guys. See ya.